0: Welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and I am joined here by...
1: Uh, Ultra David. That's right. It's me, fresh off another drive in my automobile, all the way out to <laughs> Ultra Chen HQ, That's where right. I
0: am. Exactly. You're here right now. We love our lack of social distancing. I'm patting David oh, on right. the shoulder right now, so... I'm rubbing the back of his head. Oh, dang, he twitched. Mm. He just pulled away, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I might be willing to give up some aspects of social distancing, but I'm not going to be reckless about it. Okay, yet. fair enough, fair enough. So, we're going to be talking about various things today. We'll start by talking about Evo being canceled. It's going online. Everybody knows that. We'll talk all about that. We're also going to have a special guest.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, Online fighting games has been a big topic of late. We've been talking about that with a lot of people, and so uh, we're going to be bringing on Mr. Mike Z himself uh, to talk about online netcode and, you know, just basically a lot of different topics regarding netcode.
1: Yeah, and Skullgirls and changes that he's made to it. Mm -hmm, Uh, We'll talk about interesting topics in 5-5 matchup. We were given a ton of topics this week. Yeah. Well, more than often, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. On yeah. account of, the next thing is, fighting game news, there's not a lot. Oh, dang. Oh. So we'll talk about the stuff that exists. David's hand is,
0: man, your hand is like disappearing for some strange reason into the ether. And I'm not sure how that's hap- why that's happening. So okay. Oh, I'm
1: next in line to be Sorcerer Supreme is the thing. And I have figured out a way to make it so that my hand disappears whenever i want it
0: to oh gotcha 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 okay, okay so then.
1: i'm not quite into doing the complete teleportation mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, uh, ability but my hand can
0: yes okay makes sense makes sense cool cool mm-hmm. okay uh all right then so let's get started here and talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in the fighting game community in particular probably yeah. the biggest news here of uh the, the, the past week is yeah. that, you know, we've all been kind of sitting here waiting for this announcement. You know, we were all pretty sure that EVO was going to get canceled uh, just due to the coronavirus and everything like that. But uh, while EVO in person actually is canceled, they did announce that EVO was going to be trying to do something different this year and doing an online event so uh yeah
1: exactly so they they put a tweet out and the tweet had one of those little pictures that people do where they make the message beforehand and it says we are sadly canceling evo 2020 at mandalay bay and refunding all purchased tickets Mm -hmm. but to keep the evo spirit alive we're bringing the event online this summer more information coming soon then in the follow-up tweet all arena tickets and hotel room reservations will be refunded automatically so if you're somebody who had already made your plans to go to Evo, and you're you're concerned about whether you're going to get your money back. It sounds like that will just be done automatically. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, one thing obviously, you know, with this announcement came the tons of memes of you know rage quits and Ta-da. disconnects and stuff like that from you know Daigo Parry's and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously, the, the there's there. there's a lot of concern. There's a lot of concern about how that's going to play out. Now, um, yeah. you know, I did see Tom Cannon put out a tweet that, you know, they're obviously very aware of all the trials and tribulations of online and that they're going to try to do something that will make it, you know... not. He didn't say, like, good or work or whatever. You know, they're going to do their he's, best. He's no idiot. What's <laughs> yeah. that?
1: He, yeah, he's no idiot. He's not going to overpromise something. Mm-hmm. So he, But I am just... Even before we talk about the online aspect, the fact that it's going to be going online, I'm happy to see that they could cancel without it, I assume, without it ruining them. I was concerned about that. I mean, you know, you had the Las Vegas mayor going on TV saying that she wanted to reopen Las Vegas and have her people be the control test to see how many folks would get sick if there was no social distancing factors. Just horrible stuff. Like, just the how, terrible. Hang on a
0: second, guys. And, and something is horrible. happening over here on just my X split. Horrible stuff. Like, something has decided so to second, duplicate guys, itself.
1: Okay, there we go. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. And that <laughs> made me worried that EVO wouldn't be able to cancel because many of the events out there, fighting game and otherwise, have only been able to financially cancel because local governments have said you can't hold your event. And if you can't right. hold your event, and you can't be held liable monetarily for all the cancellations, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were to just cancel it normally, uh, it would cost some of these people six-figure uh, uh, penalties. And EVO, I would have suspected, was seven figures. I mean, just I don't know. But I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I would imagine it's a million dollars plus is what I imagine their operating costs are. So I was worried that they would just be ruined financially, but I guess I'm happy to see that it at least... Doesn't sound like that's what
0: happened. Right. So, I mean, that part, that kind of mystery, you know, that we've all been kind of waiting for for a while, at least is, you know, we're finally through that. We don't have to sit here and wonder and wonder. Although I think most of us were pretty certain the cancellation was going to happen. So, um, but like I said, kind of happy in a way that we've got the official announcement. Sad because obviously... Evo has been going year after year and to uh, have it missed this year, you know, as an offline event. And, you know, it has done a lot to to carry the FGC back in the day. And I just feel like that's kind of a shame that it's not going to be uh, around this year. But like I said, of course,
1: of course, I, I feel well, like it's right thing,
0: Right. But it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to it do. Is-
1: and, and also, I saw people like Eliver and Fubarduck saying that now they can keep their streak alive of going to every Evo because they weren't going to go to this one.
2: <laughs> right? No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fubarduck,
1: who lives in Southeast Asia now, he wasn't going to go to this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now he doesn't have to go to this one, so he he can keep that streak alive when it comes to next year.
0: That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, the other idea, the other thing though, is that this is bringing up now is all sorts of questions of how is this going to work because. Famously, when Evo announced all of their games, uh, none of them featured rollback code, and uh, all of them, <laughs> rollback net code, and all of them are pretty terrible online. Oh, I'm sorry, Street Fighter V has rollback net code. Okay, <laughs> right. uh, you know if we're yeah. going to be
1: technical about it, I, I, guess.
0: I have to at least throw that out there. It has a form of rollback net code. But to remind
1: everybody, the games that were official at EVO this year were Street Fighter V, Champion Edition, Tekken 7, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Undernight in Birth, Dragon Ball Fighters, Soul Calibur VI, Samurai Showdown, and then there was also going to be a small exhibition with Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Right. So, none of those games has great online play, and I would say, <laughs> perversely, like bizarrely. Street Fighter Five has the best net code of any of those games.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's there's a reason why, weirdly enough, that is one of the main fighting games I play online. Because <laughs> I, I like, I played Under Night online. I can't, I can't deal with it. I, I it's yeah. just like it's. I go, I play it online, and then I switch to training mode, and it feels like two different games, and it's, it's, it's very frustrating. Uh, but. The thing about it is, as this is the case, and because this is cancelled now, there's really no obligation nor bearing for EVO to maintain this lineup. They can change to whatever they potentially want, in my opinion, and I don't think anybody would be like, that's not fair, kind of thing, because obviously the circumstances have changed. So, this is one major issue uh, that I kind of wanted to address about this. There's a couple of other things that I've seen people bring up as well, but... Um, do you think they should change the lineup and put in instead, like, Killer Instinct, MK11, Skullgirls, and, you know, all, all the games with good rollback netcode, oh, Garou, Mark of the Wolves, hell, let's just put that in there, you know? Like, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think they should change it. Yeah. I also don't know if they can. I, I don't know anything about Evo's contracts, but what I imagine happens is that they ask for a license from rights holders mm-hmm. to be able to run games at EVO, and I don't know what those contracts entail. Typically, when I'm involved in those contracts, again, not for EVO, but in general, there's an obligation that, like, th- these are the games the-, the rights holder will want to know that EVO is gonna show the game.
0: Right. Not like,
1: yeah, EVO can do it, I guess, but it's more like, We definitely want this to happen, uh, and that's the point of the contract for them, right? It's advertising, basically. I don't know if they're subject to those contracts anymore. I'm very curious about that, and I don't have any intel either way. But just from you know, again, from my position with other tournaments and other broadcasters, uh, that is something that I'm I'm curious about. So if they can't change it, you know, all right, obviously it's stuck. But what I would want to have happen, more normatively, is yeah. I definitely want there to be different games. Like, I want there to be different games already. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, yeah. I already wanted... I already thought Mortal Kombat should have been there. Right. You know? Like, I already wanted different stuff anyway, just personally. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was happy for the games and their communities who made it. But, yeah, I mean, look. You can't play some of these games online in ways <laughs> that I feel are credible for big tournaments. Right. And... That's what this would putatively be. I mean, what EVO wants is for this to be, uh, oh, I assume they want is for this to be a big tournament still. Right. And sort of tied everybody over because we can't be there in person. Well, I just don't know how seriously you can take an online event for some of these games. Uh, and and even on top of that, maybe you could play Marvel 2 in, like, an Elite. Maybe you can do, like, Parsec Marvel 2 or something, right? In like old
0: just... DC, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in old DC, yeah. Uh-huh. But if... Uh, for example, if Marvel had to sign off on them using Marvel 2, or if Disney, I guess, ultimately had to sign off on that, are they going to be cool with the use of (laughs) some emulator to play the game? I I, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. So, I I don't know. It's hard to imagine a way that they could play some of these games in a way that would be satisfying. And especially when you think about how worldwide EVO is. Look, we get players from every inhabited continent at EVO, and... You just can't have that in an online tournament. You can't have that for any online tournament. I mean, you couldn't do that with the best of netcodes. You right. you couldn't have, you know, Southern Chile versus Siberia, right? I mean, you just there's some things that you just can't do. But those geographic regions are way dialed down mm-hmm. uh, for most of these games. You couldn't have... Not only could you not have East Asia versus North America or Europe versus, you know, Pakistan or something, you can't have... East Coast of North America versus West Coast of North America, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have such a lessened size and scope to have tournaments on these games. And I think that would be a bummer. Yeah,
0: and even if you did run it on old DC, for everyone to compete in that tournament, you're basically telling them you'd have to provide a link to the ROM (laughs) for people to download. And that just would not be very kosher um yeah and and you know what i mean i i think you know the thing about it is is evo has always you know kind of like had i guess a pressure to just you know play the 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 big games right because they they want to get as many people in there as possible but i think with that pressure off now i think this would be a good time to showcase some of the smaller games that you know uh, do have the good net code out there. I think that this would be a great time to finally, you know, put Skullgirls into their main lineup, for example, or put Killer Instinct back into the lineup to showcase an old game like Garo Mark of the Wolves or, or Samurai Showdown 5 special or something like that, you know? And I think they could, you know, I, I think if they did that, nobody would be like, what are you doing? It would be more like, this is totally understandable. And I think, uh... Personally, I think it would be a good opportunity to do something like that. And I think it would go a long way also to maybe put a little pressure on the devs out there to think about trying to do better net code, you know, because this really highlights that, you know... Tekken, Under Night, all these games are Grand Blue are like virtually unplayable online in a lot of ways. Even though we do have online tournaments for them, you see stuff like Ronin Rumble has the East Coast bracket and the West Coast bracket, you know, uh, to try to minimize these kind of things as much as possible. So you know maybe some of these companies will be like, shoot, we want to be in this evil online. Let's try to put rollback netcode in now or something, you know? I mean, I doubt, I think so. I I doubt that think so. there's no way they could get it done in time, tested no, and, and, and working by then. But, you know, it's just, I don't know, like maybe it's a good way just to kind of, you know, highlight the fact that netcode for fighting games is wholly inadequate. So
1: Well, we can definitely highlight that for sure. Look, even if there weren't like this big COVID nineteen situation where everybody is trying to Mm -hmm. work from home, that's gonna you know that's that's put in a wrench into just normal game development anyway, as it has for many many industries. So for sure, there's definitely no way that they can fix things in time. Even if we didn't have this, they wouldn't be able to most likely, right? It's just that's not really in the cards. As far as whether it would spur them on to do it, right, for like maybe future changes, I just don't think that tournaments are that influential in in what they are going to do. Right. Um, instead, I think it's more that, you know, maybe at least some of these companies, as with Strive, which is going to have rollback netcode apparently, they are recognizing that over time. And I do think that the scene in general has been, a you know, at least part of why that shift is happening. I don't know that right. the entire explanation, but I think it's part of why. But for one tournament to have that kind of impact, in, in I just don't expect that. Uh, maybe in a future release, they might change stuff. Maybe once Arxis figures out Rollback, they can put it into other games. But they're not going to, like, go back and, and change you know, D V F C or whatever, right? I mean, they're not going to go but I wouldn't think so. Well, I mean... Go back and change things like that.
0: The Undernight guy is talking about it already, right? So, uh,
1: he's been talking... That's true. He, he, did, he did talk about he's it, He's been yeah.
0: talking about how he's looking into it and thinking about trying to get it in there. So, uh, you know, there's still a problem. But again... French bread. But it's is not going to happen by Evo for sure, right? And another thing too is that French bread is a smaller company. They have more of the yep. control over this thing. You know, can can you convince Bandai Namco to go and try to put rollback Netcode and Tech in? You can try, but obviously that's going to have to go through so many more channels uh, yeah, than just you know French bread main developer guy going. Hmm, let me see if I can do this. <laughs> you know, I mean we're going to have Mike. We're going to have Mike on here pretty soon, Mike Z, and he's fixing things in Skullgirls that I think most people didn't even know were problems right now. <laughs> he yeah. just put out a tweet today fixing like a little graphical bug that I'm sure nobody analyzed and noticed, but I always call this the uh, the George Martin syndrome where uh, in Strawberry Fields Forever, he does a cut from one vers- one take to another, and he'll never not hear that cut. He hates the cut so much. But none of us hear it because we don't know it's a cut and it sounds natural to us. So I'm sure, you know, for Mike, it was the same thing. That graphic bug probably uh, bothered him forever. <laughs> and now he's fixed it. <laughs> oh, as man. far as uh,
1: whether people who want to play these games would be upset if they were dropped, like somebody who wanted to enter Grand Blue Fantasy vs. at EVO and, you know, maybe online EVO doesn't use that. Mm-hmm. I think their their response is is going to be heavily influenced by what's on the line. Yeah. By what's at stake. If as a player you already can't have the experience of playing offline at Evo and going to Vegas afterward and hanging out with friends and meeting people and playing casuals, all the stuff that like you really go to Vegas for for Evo, like most people don't mm-hmm. go there expecting to win. So that's not that's not there definitely. But then in addition, people who would have thought that they could win money They're probably not going to be winning money in online evo, because the law is not great about that. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: And that's that's going to be a limiter. So you'll notice when people run online tournaments, if they're trying to abide by the law, I guess uh, (laughs) they they will not allow certain states to enter, certain Mm. uh, provinces in Canada, Quebec specifically, to enter. They will keep it to us only or na only or they just
0: or they just have no prize money
1: right there's or, or right. they have no prize money exactly mm-hmm. right yeah because in in some places you can't tie an entry fee to a payout right yeah. the prize pool that's comprised of entry fees isn't allowed in some places mm-hmm. because it's considered gambling um, yep just stupid but you know still the law in some places so there's going to be restrictions There's gonna be maybe no payout at all. And, you know, is there an entry fee even? Like, if you're EVO, do you charge a venue fee for this? (laughs) Like, I don't know, that's weird. There's so many online tournaments that are going on these days that are just free to enter. Yep, almost all of them, actually. Right, yeah, exactly. And I don't know how they could get away with charging some venue fee. So Mm. I just don't think that there's gonna be anything monetarily. It's not a big prize. On the line, so you know. Given that, if I were somebody who thought that I could win money in DBFC, Grand Blue Fighters, whatever it is, game that doesn't have great net code, and that game gets taken out of the of the lineup, you know, it already wasn't going to be <laughs> right. important to me.
0: Exactly. Uh, so um, another one of the things that I know a lot of people have been talking about, if you don't mind me moving on to another yes. facet, oh. is that. Um, You know, a lot of people are saying, don't call it EVO 2020. You don't want to sully the tournament name. You know, can the winners even be, like, would it even mean anything to see who the winners are at this point? Could they even be yeah. anointed as part of the same pantheon of offline winners and everything? Should it just be, like, an EVO 2020 asterisk or a 202 online, you know, kind of thing? Like, should it just have a EVO online or whatever, or just a completely different name so that it is, you know obvious that it's not the same thing because you don't want someone you know bragging about their evo 2020 online when when you know they've been playing they're playing on wi-fi you know f- on their you know 56k modem or whatever you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. well i think evo online might already be trademarked but
0: yeah as far, fair as, enough.
1: As, far as other stuff uh, uh i i can't consider it the same right yeah and and i wouldn't I wouldn't consider it the same even if it was comprised only of games that were actually good with online play mm-hmm. i still wouldn't think of it as being the same thing so i don't think that they should change the name because if that's their thing and if i were them i think i'd want to be consistent about each time i run a tournament it's called evo right. that's what i would want if i were them but yeah i don't think that it's it's not the same for sure T- to me Right. Yeah. And again, even again, even even games that have good online play, it's a different experience to be next to somebody. It's mm -hmm. a different experience to get their body language. It's a different experience to have the you know one or two frame difference. Uh, I think in MK it's three between online play and not like
0: people standing behind you.
1: Yes. (laughs) What? what,
0: what, What's happening over (laughs) here? What's happening over here? (laughs)
1: <laughs> We're getting yelled at by somebody who can't yet speak. Uh, should I let him speak? <gasps> Just have him yell. Just have him yell and then mute, and then mute him.
0: Okay, okay, alright, here we go. Let's, uh, uh. You can unmute yourself, Mike, so. Oh,
3: okay. Give me the well, yell only. Alright, I'm yelling. It doesn't have to be three frames when you play online, it can be zero. MK adding three frames is not the thing that has to happen, okay? I'm I know. done now.
1: I know that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that even a game that does have pretty good online play, like MK, inputs extra three frames. Right. Uh, I'm not saying, to be clear, I'm not saying it needs to be like that. But the the, the extra stuff, the being (coughs) next to somebody, the body language aspect of that, it's just a different... Thing, I feel I mean just so,
0: people standing behind you and yelling, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the fact that you're in a venue like that, it's it's a very different experience, yeah. I think so too.
1: But here's the thing By the way, I'd appreciate it if you covered your mouth next time you cough. Oh I'm sorry about nervous.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, but um look, the the thing about it is I don't even think the Evo guys will consider this of the same caliber. The question was more like Should they figure out a way to like call it EVO 2020 colon online, you know, just to kind of, you know, treat it as something a little bit different, you know, to make sure that it's not kind of of the same caliber as the other tournaments or something? Do you feel like it's important to kind of establish that or do you think they don't care and the community should just establish that and and just be done with it basically?
1: the community ha- will already have felt that way yeah so uh, when, whether they want to call it something different or not i don't know whether it's advisable business-wise Exactly. right i don't know what to tell you on that uh, but as far as what the community will think yeah yeah people won't think it's the same that's that's my expectation i still think that you can think that it's legit in in some games right And I still think that it's likely that even in games with bad netcode where everybody's suffering the same experience, whoever ends up winning it's going to be somebody good. Like, it's not going to be some schlub who comes all the way in there. (laughs) But... Well, probably not. Anyway, I guess we've had weirder rules at Evo here and then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with hey, people like microwave people, but yeah, you know, that's not that's not a commonality.
0: What what what's actually uh, relevant to this conversation right now? Interesting enough, and I had forgotten to put this in the show notes, uh, but I mean, uh, top Smash Brothers melee player just played in an online tournament, and. Um, Pass the controller around to other players, entered in as a Smurf account and everything like that. And so, yeah. you know, what's to stop something like that from happening, right? I mean, obviously, someone yeah. like Nephew is good enough that he doesn't need punk. To play his matches for him, but you know the fact that nephew and Punk live in the same place, Knuckle Doo and Rob TV. Like I said, most of those guys are gonna have the pride that they would never let you know anybody else play. But you know, just as an example, what if somebody who lives near one of those guys goes over there? I,
1: again, I don't think any of those players would do it. But still, there is. A Look, l- we know people do this. There was a guy who did it in person. Evo, <laughs> which one? You don't remember the whole Quackbot? Oh, over? oh, that one, yeah, 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 yeah. He
0: entered as a different name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah,
1: has happened yeah, offline. Yeah, so yeah. For, and then, for sure. And then, it would happen online as well.
0: And then for also, sure. you know, let's all remember um, what was a Russian MK player, right?
1: <laughs> oh, I guess that wasn't at Evo itself, right? But he did get he got top eight at Evo's was where my connection was. Oh, yeah, that okay. That was okay. at uh, Canada Cup, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. He best, you know, at, at Canada Cup. That's where it he entered Canada. as two different players. Yes. Yeah, yeah
1: there, there was. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay.
0: It was at Canada Cup. He entered as two different players. At at Evo, he got top eight, but he just had a different name at that time, which then sparked the rumor of maybe he entered as two different people at Evo as well. You know, right. kind of thing, which didn't happen. But the Canada Cup one definitely happened. So.
1: Anyway, so I'm sure that there will be people who would enter in as multiple people in fact that's probably been happening in all the online tournaments maybe not all but you know it's probably happened in some of the online tournaments that have right. been run lately uh the coliseum the mk1 has been getting like 300 people eh, probably like somebody in there who enters twice but <laughs> it's not anybody that like we i wouldn't expect anybody i know personally to do right. that you know i think all the players i know whether this somebody who has a credible chance at winning or not They just care about competing, and I wouldn't expect it to happen much. But, yeah, probably going to be some jerk out there, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, even Kay says it in the chat, too. You wouldn't be able to enforce banned controllers either. You know, people could probably just create all sorts of crazy macros. Oh, I landed this combo? Let me hit a button. It'll do all the rest of the combo for me, you know, kind of thing. There's a lot of questions yeah, at hand right. so it's possible. I just don't think yeah so I don't even think the Evo guys themselves would you know try to tout anyone who won this year as the same kind of award you know level of uh of accomplishment and you know the and you know the way Tom said that one tweet in reply to the other guy sounds like they'll probably try to do region stuff first and then narrow it down or something but you know, uh, I'm really curious to see how they're going to do it. I wonder if they're going to play it up as just, like, a fun kind of exhibition. Like, hey, look, we're yeah. doing this just to keep the spirit alive kind of thing, you know, and present it Yeah, that that's way.
1: that's what I would like to see. I would like to see them do that. Again, I don't imagine that they'll be able to have big payouts or anything. So what I would expect instead is, or what I want instead maybe, is, yeah, to have it be a little bit more of a fun experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just... There's not going to be anything to do after you lose at home, right? It's not, like you're, again, it's not like you're at Evo, where there's a ton of stuff to do. Instead, you're just, what are you going to do? Go <laughs> make lunch with something. I don't know. Watch a stream. So I, I hope that there's some other draw, some other like fun thing to be doing. Um, something to watch, you know, some uh, fun set of streams. Something else for the people to do rather than just the gameplay itself, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So you know, it, it's it's going to be something very different. Uh, I mean, I trust the canons and wizard to, to come up with something interesting to do, especially because I mean, canons are the guys who created GGPO, so they created it because they know that most netcode sucks, and so there's <laughs> there's no way they're gonna you know come at this without the the point of view that that current netcode for fighting games are terrible, so.
1: I'd like to call on a member of the class to give his opinion after having raised his hand very politely.
0: Okay, yeah, no problem. Hang on a second. Like I said, he can unmute himself.
3: Thanks, Teach. Uh, I just wanted to say that there's probably more to do when you're at your house if you lose than there is at actual EVO because you can immediately go play casuals in the same game.
0: (laughs) I guess that's true.
1: I mean, there's no artist alley, there's just no gambling, you're not hanging out with buddies who you don't get to see right, usually, right. like, you
3: know. It's basically, you True. get- the- you go out in the back and play uh, dice, right? I, okay. do I, this I don't why care. I stopped contributing. <laughs> I understand, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do know, uh, I have several friends who have basically stopped going to Evo, um, but, you know, I get it. Yeah. For people who want to go, there there are things to do. So I hope that there's other stuff that they put on stream or, you know, otherwise make available in some way. In in addition, we had talked about having side tournaments at EVO, right? We brought that up uh, early Mm -hmm. on after we found out that MK wasn't going to be in there. And uh, Rick and I proposed having a side tournament for Mortal Kombat at Mm -hmm. EVO. So the intention was to run a tournament there and it wouldn't be official but, you know, we would still have a thing. Well, I just don't think we're going to do that at this point. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't know. what, What would it mean for it to be a side tournament at Evo when we're not at Evo, and it would just be like me and Rick running it. We're not actually <laughs> it would just Evo be another like, yeah, it just be another I feel like tournament. It's just a competitor to Evo at that point. Like, yeah. what am I doing?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I don't. I don't think we're doing that. So if there's going to be, you know, whatever games are going to be, you know, Evo official for this year. Are probably going to be the only ones that will be run as Evo. I wouldn't imagine there's going to be. Was, is anime, is anime going to be doing anything? I yeah, they're doing
0: online stuff. They're going to be doing online stuff. They, they, they said that they're trying to figure out how to do all that stuff, and they've even acknowledged that a lot of the games that they play don't have great netcode either, so, you know, that they're, they're, they've been talking about it. But there will definitely be an anime Evo online. Uh, okay. To what capacity, we don't quite know yet. Obviously, everyone's trying to figure all this stuff out as it goes.
1: I'm sure some of those games that were in that lineup don't actually have online play. <laughs> That's like probably true too. <laughs> <laughs> I think they like. It's not. It's not that it's bad. I think they like don't have it in some cases. Yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> some of those games that they're playing are like Sailor Moon, right? Like oh, yeah,
1: that was you just dude. X
0: band, X band Sailor Moon online tournament. There we go. <laughs> okay. yeah, that, that might be legal. <laughs> God. Uh you know some people got really good at playing on X band as well, you know? And uh I do,
3: oh, I do, oh, oh, I oh, oh, hang uh, met on a second, hang on
0: a second, hang on a second. Yes. Feel feel free to sp- uh,
3: point of fact, since the X band was a direct connection between you and your opponent with no interference and no packets, the X band actually had very, very good online performance compared to a lot of modern games. Really? I haven't yeah, played it in a direct years. direct phone connection is the best performance you can get. Really? I mean, it, the modems work crappier, but, like, the actual connection was better than you can get on the Internet. <laughs> That's wild. Okay.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> also, I just want everybody at home to know that each time Mike wants to say something, he politely puts his hand up like this. Yeah. As if he's going to raise his,
3: his uh, hand in class. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to call on him. <laughs> That's why he it's keeps meeting etiquette. Otherwise, I do this, right?
2: Yeah, and then okay, you never have me
3: back on the show.
0: <laughs> and and right, that's well. why he keeps calling us teacher, too. You know? <laughs> oh
2: man. Well,
1: look, we all expected Evo to be canceled. I am glad that they're going to be doing something. I kind of think it's a missed opportunity for some of these events to not have, like, at least just I don't know, some charity tournaments, something to have their name out there something to keep them in people's minds. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Year. So I sort of wish that more tournaments had done that, but I'm glad that at least Evo seems like it's trying to do it.
0: Yeah, I, again, you know, obviously people are going to be making the memes, the jokes, Tygo Perry into the disconnect. You saw the one where they spliced it with Eris, right? I mean, that was perfection. Yeah. <laughs> so well done. But the thing about it is, like, you know, there's all the jokes and memes about it, but in the end, I, I think it's still cool that they're trying to do something. And like I said seeing as how you know the canons are involved and they created ggpo you know at least tony created ggpo they're well aware of what they're getting themselves into so uh i really am curious to see how they're going to handle it see if they do try to add a bunch of the high quality netcode games in there and kind of use it as a hey look you know, if you play Skullgirls, it's actually got good netcode kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if they try to do something like that. So
1: That's what I hope happens. All mm-hmm. right, we'll talk about that when we know more about it. Anything else to say here?
0: Um, gosh, I think there was one more point, but I think we might have covered it uh, just inherently. So uh, that's all I've got for now. All right,
1: speaking of that video game Skullgirls. Do you know who made it?
0: Uh, not sure. Wasn't it like a Double Helix or something like that, or you know, or Iron Galaxy? I think that made it. You know,
1: sounds right to me. I believe it was one two game studios that was later bought out by Iron Galaxy. I yeah, how, okay. that's how it worked.
0: All right, well, so let's bring on uh, our esteemed. Uh, I was gonna make a, another joke, but I'm not going to. I'm just gonna bring on Mr. Mike Z. How are you doing? <laughs> You may talk to everybody and say hi and do whatever you Yay. want. Yeah,
3: all right. And my hand stopped phasing into another dimension. Hello. Oh, it's going somewhere. Yeah, because if I do this, it's just like invisible, right? So
0: is it invisible nice. or indivisible?
3: I gotta go. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey,
0: hey look. I've seen your Twitter, Mike. You're not allowed. You are not allowed to get mad at a pun, okay?
3: <laughs> oh, but the, re, you, the the aim is that reaction where people are like, "I want to be anywhere other than listening to this yeah, sentence right now." Yeah, that's right actually
0: now. true. Yeah. that's true. Yeah,
3: if if it doesn't make you reevaluate your life choices, then it wasn't a good enough pun.
1: <laughs> that's true.
3: <laughs> that's the way. Well, man. So, right.
1: we wanted to have you on here, because sort of most recently, you have made some changes to Skullgirls, and we wanted to chat about that, but we also yeah. wanted to chat about uh, you know, online play in general. Well, yeah, at
3: the beginning, and, it's a slow news day. Yes. and there's nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> so we were
0: desperate for we were somebody! Desperate. Yep. Everybody else said no! No, I'm
3: just kidding. <laughs> Yes, I'm actually sitting on the bottom of the barrel right here. <laughs> I believe it. So
1: I guess, I guess let's, let's start by talking about Skullgirls and what has changed about it recently.
3: All right. Um, so recently I had to go back and be able to build Skullgirls again because we're making the mysterious character for Skullgirls Mobile. Uh, mm-hmm. And I had to build that in the old Skullgirls engine because the Indivisible engine is so different that it wouldn't have carried over to mobile at all if we'd uh, built them otherwise. Yeah, even gender-neutral pronouns. That's right, <laughs> no spoilers whatsoever.
0: Dang, okay, look at uh, you with all your your, your uh, practice that's right. Oh, I have
3: my list over here of like things not to say. It's not little <laughs> Band, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, anyway, so I had to make Skullgirls work again. Uh, and as part of that, uh, one of the people that works on Skullgirls Mobile um, came back and told me about something that they'd done. I don't know if they want to be credited or not, but uh, it was Liam, so there. Um, that they'd done on Skullgirls Mobile, which was really smart, which is uh, the way GGPO works, um, and actually this is that bug that Street Fighter V had. don't know if it still has it. don't know if they actually fixed it or not. But Probably the roll, not. But the one-sided rollbacks thing, right, yeah. is because... Uh, when two games are running, oh, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my background so that I can use my hands. Mm. Is that even possible to do? Can I can I actually just turn this off? Does that work at all? I think so. You turned it on. How many developers no. does it <laughs> you take? You wish. Okay.
0: How many developers does it take to... No, I was hey. Hey.
3: All right. Uh, how many developers does it take to figure out XSplit yeah. VCam? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> when you have two games running, they're running... Time is advancing, right, I'm on frame 10, I'm on frame 11, I'm on frame 12, I'm on frame 13. Um, the games don't always run at the same speed right. because if, for example, if I have a really good computer, my game can run faster than yours and have to, like, hold itself to a frame rate. Or if we're both on VSync, but my monitor's at 60 and your monitor's at 59.94 or whatever it is. Uh, or even if we're on the exact same game console, like a PS4, If the operating system interrupts one of our games at some point and doesn't interrupt the other one They end up running at slightly different speeds. So what happens is someone's game ends up slightly ahead in time of the other person's game and uh, In that event, there's supposed to be a thing that tells the game that's ahead to wait Until the other person's game is caught up and then they both continue at the same amount of time, right? Because when you're ahead Uh, What happens is, so if I'm on like frame 20 and you think you're on frame 15, then when I get an input from you, it's always from the past, right? So my game has to roll back every time it gets an input from you, even though it's the current input. And your game, when it gets an input from me, gets it from the future. So if the game's good enough to not just throw that input out because it hasn't gotten there yet, uh, this one never has to roll back, right? Mm -hmm. So, Street Fighter V's bug was that it wasn't properly syncing the games back up. Right. So, one game would end up ahead and one game would end up behind, and it was usually the person with the better computer, or the computer versus the PS4, that would Mm -hmm. end up ahead. So, it was really funny, because even from launch day, you would see people be like, this game is perfect and I've never had a single rollback, and other people are like, every match that I play has a ton of rollbacks (laughs) and I don't know why, and it was usually the people with the good computers that were complaining about all the rollbacks and the people with worse computers or worse internet connections that weren't because the good computers ended up ahead. So anyway, um, so when you get to a situation like this, what happens is, since you can't make this game run faster, because that'd be very weird, and also because the game may not run faster, (laughs) uh, the game that's ahead has to say, okay, well I'm going to wait for this one to catch up. Right. Right. So assuming that that is properly implemented, uh, the default way that GGPO does it is by just having this game sleep, which is computer terminology for do absolutely nothing. Yes. Right. It's it's the technical term. I don't mm-hmm. know if people have heard it before. Uh, I have. <laughs> but okay, so you <laughs> you know sleep. So what that means is if this game's like three frames ahead of the other one when it checks, that means it will stop for three whole frames and do right. nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. No inputs. No processing. No nothing. Uh, which does serve the, the intended purpose of syncing the two games up, but also means that you experience a point at which your input can get dropped or anything else can happen badly because the game's doing nothing. Right. Right. right so okay. that's actually in the the demonstration or the the like template implementation for GGPO is when you receive this message sleep. Right. So the idea from Skullgirls Mobile was. Since Skullgirls runs on turbo, which means every so often it just doesn't draw one of the frames and then continues, so it actually runs at faster than 60. Huh. When GGPO tells you you're three frames ahead, instead of sleeping, just keep a counter and then skip doing the turbo speed for that many frames you would draw.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Uh-huh. Right.
3: So okay. you effectively run one frame slower in that instance, but the game's still running.
1: Right. So basically, um, instead it, of it's not, it's not sleeping, it's just a little slower for that period yes. of time. Right.
3: The, so the the equivalent for Skullgirls is it goes from running seventy at seventy two frames a second to running at sixty eight frames a second. Uh, the equivalent for like a normal game would be it goes from running at sixty to running at about fifty six, because we did a bunch of empirical testing and it turns out that dropping every skipped frame was really bad. So we made it every other, which is basically an extra frame every fourteen.
2: Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is your game still runs at the same basic speed because, like, w- uh, the really useful part of this is, like, if you look at, like, Marvel 2 in the arcade, that had huge slowdown all the time when stuff was going on on screen <laughs> and people could still play it fine, right? Right. Which means a little bit of slowdown that people don't really notice makes almost no difference. And you can do extra things like try and, ex- try and put that frame when there is... Uh, hit stop happening for the point characters, so you wouldn't be able to do anything anyway, and we did some oh, of that.
2: Interesting. Um,
3: GGPO, actually, if you want to talk about clever stuff, uh, GGPO's initial implementation won't tell you to sleep while someone is entering a motion. It waits for the input to be the same for 10 frames before it'll even tell <laughs> the game that it wants you to sleep if you're ahead. So it just so won't interrupt. So but that um... way
0: it won't interrupt any inputs, basically. It won't actually yep. kill
3: any inputs. Yep. So the cool bit about this is we can throw that out entirely, right, because it can tell you to sleep all the time, very frequently, and you're not actually going to sleep. You're just going to keep track of how many frames you want to not skip.
0: Because the, the whole thing about it is, before, you know, when you sleep it, it literally is not processing anything. And it was probably yes. a little bit harder to just make it so that it still process things without moving. Because then you're getting multiple inputs in one frame. How do you handle that kind of situation?
3: Yep. But if you slow Games it... Games don't even handle that properly when they're running at 60 frames a second. Look right. at all the bugs where you could, like, hold the three-kick macro and do something right. else with Balrog, right? Like... And, Input and, processing is difficult enough as it is that doing something like that is prohibitively uh, Time-consuming and, so, and,
0: and another thing too is that Skullgirls if I'm not mistaken, you know already has uh, and I'm I'm still blown away by how this works because even as a programmer I still don't really process it but your game runs at like a specific frame rate but then outputs it in a different frame rate and even if they don't match you still can figure out what's supposed to happen or or something like that
3: oh you're just talking about processing inputs on the skip frames I think yeah that or triple buffering but yeah yeah so basically so like old Capcom games when you run them at turbo like ST mm-hmm. right the way that works is it shows you frame one it shows you frame two it shows you frame three it runs frame four but doesn't show it to you mm-hmm. and doesn't process any input and then it runs frame five. <laughs> yep. And shows that to you, Mm -hmm. right? And actually, in ST's case, I think it's like, show frame 1 and 2, skip 3, show 4 and 5, skip 6. Like, Turbo 3 is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. But what that means is, those frames where the game updates itself but doesn't process any input and doesn't render anything happen, like, instantaneously, right? Mm -hmm. But there wasn't any input given on that frame. So, for example, if something was about to hit you and you attempted to block, it would be not blockable right like right. marvel 2 has a bunch of these this comes up because of the way that capcom implemented how you have to block which is you have to be in pre-block before you can actually mm-hmm, block mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if the skipped frame is the one where you holding back would put you into pre-block then you just can't block the next thing <laughs> uh, sg doesn't have that problem because you can block during any action but right. that's a whole separate like that's a bunch of bugs interacting to be a problem all at once okay, okay. Um, but the point is Skullgirls just does exactly that except on the frame that we don't show you, we still read inputs. Gotcha, So it's just pull the joystick again, which means there's no frame that goes by where you can't provide input to your character. There's a smaller window, but we have at least a two-frame buffer on almost everything. Right, okay, Um, okay, Okay. gotcha. So the really cool bit about that one idea is all the rest of the stuff that it led to. So now, the game doesn't have to sleep when it's trying to Mm -hmm. let the opponent catch up, which means, you can check very much more often whether you're ahead or not, right? Because the way that GDPR works is you set a threshold for like how much ahead am I allowed to be before it will tell me to sleep and also how often will it check to see whether I'm ahead? So the default is like every four seconds or something, it checks to see if you're ahead. And you have to be more than I think four frames, might be five frames, but ahead of the other person before it tells you to sleep. So the problem with that is, If you're four frames ahead, not five, it won't tell you to sleep, right? But what that means is every frame you're getting four frames worth of rollbacks when you get the input from the other person. So what not having to sleep let us do is check much more often and make that threshold of how far ahead you have to be nothing.
0: Right. <laughs> right. So you
3: check so frequently,
0: can, you check so frequently that that threshold is essentially useless now.
3: Oh, well, we made that. No, because you could still make the threshold four and it would just not tell you to drop any frames. Mm-hmm. Right. Until you were four frames ahead of them. But we made yeah. the threshold one and we have it check every like 70 right, right. frames or something, mm-hmm. which means you, you keep yourself in sync much more often, which means you experience the little mini rollbacks that happen all the time way less. Right, and that was the thing that made the giant difference to everything. And it was yeah. such a it was such a difference that so uh, our other programmer lives in England. He's awake when I'm awake at like two in the morning. <laughs> so I did this at like two a.m. and I tested it with him, and it was so good that we both played one game and then we messaged each other immediately and were like, "It can't be that much better. We have to go back and try the old one." Like it was. It was everything you ever wanted out of online, and I actually can't overstate what a huge difference that made. Like, it went, from, it went from playing against someone at 205 ping, being, God, I really hate playing this game online and getting mad at playing the game online, to playing someone at 205 ping and getting mad that it's 2 in the morning and I can't play the game. <laughs> well right like well, well, i was i was legitimately like damn i really need to practice this
0: i mean what's crazy about that though is that you know Skullgirls has always been kind of the paragon of netcode right one of the best examples that and killer instinct right. i feel like yeah have always been the the biggest examples and yet you found a way to make it even better i mean did that i mean obviously useless
3: question but that surprised even you right that it could get yes. that much better i mean okay so full disclosure i was an idiot when i worked on Skullgirls in a lot of ways and one of them was i didn't know anything about netcode or how to write frame skip code right not frame skip like skipping every other frame to make it go faster but Mm. frame skip is like throttle it so it only runs at 60 even if your computer could run it at 500. okay um so one of the other things that i fixed after that was actually the way that my frame skip code worked was interacting with ggpo telling you to slow down extremely badly Hmm. to the point where ggpo would tell you you need to be three frames slower and it would be three frames slower and then it would be like oh i'm three frames behind and skip three frames and try to catch up (laughs) so that was my own dumbness and i'm fairly sure that the people that worked on ki because i worked with most of them uh, didn't have that problem, so okay. I probably <laughs> didn't start with that handicap. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those guys were were smarter than I was when I worked on the initial implementation of SG. But uh, that yep. was the other thing that massively improved, basically everything about online. So like, it was it was surprising enough that I. Th- for about two weeks I was convinced I had screwed something up and people were just getting desyncs or whatever and not noticing and that there had to be something gigantically wrong. Uh but there really isn't. So last week I ended up changing the recommended delay for the ping time to basically zero all the time, unless your ping's like one fifty or higher. Mm-hmm. And your like the green and yellow and red colors for ping is now like I think it's like one fifty is yellow. And below that is green because it really works that well. Wow. Um, and I, I, again, I don't take any credit for the fact that it works that well because the actual thing that's working well is GGPO.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
3: But you can apply this to any game, not just SG, and it doesn't have to have turbo. That's the thing. So, effectively, what Skullgirls is doing is sleeping for 1 14th of a frame every frame in order to catch up. Or in order to let them catch up. So the way that you would do that in another game is change it from thinking it needs to run at 60 to thinking it needs to run at 56 or 57 until the other game is caught up. You can apply that to anything because realistically the players won't notice. Uh, You could even do the naive version would be every 14 frames sleep for a frame which is probably not going to make much difference but you should still sample inputs. Um, but if your game is just DT based, like if it just says how long is a frame, okay I need to wait until this time is gone by right. then you can just make that slightly longer until the other game is caught up And you're all set
0: and, and, D- and like you said DT based was so dynamic time
3: Oh, uh, Delta time. Sorry. Delta time. So there are two okay. ways to write your game engine one is based on number of frames Which is just mm-hmm. every time the update function happens you assume it's been one frame and everything goes right. by in one frame yeah. That's how Skullgirls works A lot of the modern engines like Unity or Unreal base base it on delta time, which is basically they tell your update function how long it's been since the last time, right? Right. So if your game runs at 400 frames a second, then your update gets a thing that says it's been 1 400th of a second. And if your game runs at 2 frames a second, your update thing gets something that says it's been half a second. And, like, you can move objects longer distances in the world and whatever, and it's actually a terrible idea to do that for a fighting game. Um, right. But if you want to make a fighting game in those engines, what you end up doing is your update function adds up all the time that it's given until it gets to one sixtieth of a second. Right. Then it updates for a frame mm-hmm. and then keeps the remainder and then goes on. I anyway, mean,
0: like as a programmer for me, like I just have tons of questions
3: about that. But please uh, ask them. You
0: know, cool. yeah, I mean, yeah, like, for like for
3: I mean, example, not so Tuesday, right? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: if you have like. 400 frames in one frame or 400 yep. DTs in, in, in one frame. Like how do you process if you, if each of those reads a different input, like you were holding down and then not holding down, do you always just take the last one on the inputs, you
3: know? Or... Right. So this is the first person shooter versus fighting game thing. Okay. Um, there's a video up by someone who tested, running i want to say one of the call of duties but please don't kill me i don't play FPSs because the last one i really liked was half-life one um but they put up a video where it was my aiming is much worse in standard or in widescreen than it is in standard resolution Uh and it turned out to be because their game updated faster in standard resolution so yes in answer to your question in a dt based engine um if you are doing something like mouse aiming uh right your FPS can make a huge difference yeah, because if okay. you're trying to move your mouse like this far, mm-hmm. and your game is updating at 400 frames a second, if you move your mouse a tiny little bit, if and it's a gaming mouse and can detect that, right, then your your aim will move this much. If next frame you stop moving it, your aim won't move any more than that. Right. If you're running at 30 frames a second, the time interval that the game thinks went by is much bigger. So smaller mouse movements will get lumped together into 1 30th of a second mouse movement, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, it does, it does.
3: And objects move further, right? So like the easy way to think about DT is, let's say someone is walking at like a meter a second, right? If your game runs at 60 frames a second, then they are 1 60th of a meter further every time you get a chance to shoot at them, for example. (laughs) But if the game runs at 400 frames a second, they're one 400th of a meter further every time you get a chance to shoot at them, so you have the ability to take a much more accurate shot.
2: Mm-hmm. That makes oh, sense, yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: Right? right. So in a fighting game, the way that you do this is instead of updating things at one four hundredth, you add up the four hundredths and do nothing until you get to a sixtieth, and then you move them 1 Right. Right. That's how you do frame-based <laughs> stuff in a DT-based engine. But the the downside of that is if you have a delta time that's like half a second then you have to be like okay that was 30 frames and then you run 30 frames worth of the game right so if you have a dt that's longer than a 60th of a second you actually have to run more than one update right and that's where things start kind of sucking i mean does uh, it... in a frame based game you would slow it down in a dt based game you can decide to slow it down but you gen- you generally don't want to
0: Okay. Okay. But I mean, nobody would ever do that, right?
3: <laughs> Which part?
0: The, the the DT being over one sixtieth frames of a second,
3: right? So depends on whatever else happens in your computer.
0: Okay. Right.
3: Or it depends on if you're waiting for network input. It depends on when you get something oh, from the network. I see what you're saying. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because okay.
0: sometimes it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's
3: never intended. But it's right. You can, you can, for example, if someone wants to run it at thirty, they might have the problem where the person moves twice as far every update. Right. right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So sorry, that was a non fighting game related distraction. No, yeah, I actually no, really the, enjoy net code stuff. Yeah, because the, 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 the interesting
0: thing it. about that is that, you know, as a person who hasn't done game programming before, this is really fascinating for me because now I'm starting to understand now how much that you know your game is kind of at the mercy of the person's monitor refresh rate, at uh, the mercy of what they're running their image. You know, the you you actually don't have a lot of control over a lot of that, and it's not just like hey, I'm giving you this many images and the monitor's going to figure it out. No, the monitor tells you you're a slave to the refresh rate that the user has um, chosen, essentially. That right? depends
3: on single, double, or triple buffered. Okay, really fast explanation of how this works. <laughs> uh, so you know how screen tearing looks, right? You've Everybody's seen screen tearing yes, before where you yes. see, like, half of one frame and then half of another one, and, like, the dude's leg is over here and then his top half yeah, is over yeah, here, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't care about screen tearing you can run at whatever speed you want and everything is great if you do care about screen tearing okay, okay. you are you have to wait until the monitor decides to start the next frame which is every refresh rate yeah. right so if your monitor refreshes at 60 then it's 60 if you if your monitor is set to 144 then it's at minimum 144 um, but if you do triple buffering So double buffering doesn't actually save you from being tied to the refresh rate. Double buffering is you have two screens, right? Mm -hmm. This is the one that people are seeing, and this is the one that you're drawing to. Yes. And then whenever the monitor's flip comes up, you switch which one is which. So now the people are seeing this one, and you're drawing to this one, right? But you still have to flip it at the time when the monitor is not doing anything else, or you get screen tearing. Okay. So you're still tied to refresh rate, but the thing is you have a longer amount of time to draw in. Mm-hmm. Uh, triple buffering, which is what most modern games use and what Skullgirls uses, is you actually have. I don't even have hands for this. Uh, let's assume <laughs> ah. this one's divided in half. So you actually have three buffers. I've got right? a hand And up what here. happens is this is the one people are seeing, this is the one you're drawing to, and this is the extra one that's available. And then yes. when you're done drawing for this frame, you switch these two. Mm hmm. So you always have a fully drawn one and a drawn one in progress so that whenever the monitor decides to flip itself, there's always something that's completely done to flip with. Right. Gotcha. But you can do this as much as you want and it doesn't have anything to do with what the monitor is showing or the refresh rate of your screen.
1: Mm Okay. See, yeah, I feel like so, I totally understood
3: that. I wouldn't know how to program it at all. Yeah. I but mean, like, I get the I don't know how, how to program there. that either. You tell DirectX okay. I want triple buffering okay, and it says, okay, boss. <laughs> um, Do you yeah, want triple
0: are, buffering? Yes. Okay. Yes.
3: The The basic upside of doing something like that is then, if your game happens to run at like 48 frames a second for a while, you still won't get screen tearing, but you're not dropped immediately down to 30. Right.
2: Okay, okay. Right.
3: And so, so, so a lot like... of games, a lot of modern games don't actually care about your refresh rate. Um, they will care about that in terms of they want to update the full screen every time. So like mm-hmm. if your game can run at 400 and it's not triple buffered, you'll get better performance. But in a lot of cases, I, I don't know what Call of Duty does because the other thing with triple buffering is uh, every buffer is a full screen's worth of data, right? right. Uh, one of my favorite facts that I'm not actually sure is true anymore, but used to be true, is how many fewer screens of data a memory holds than it used to. So if you look at the Super Nintendo, right, that was a 320 by 200-ish, um, <laughs> or 640 by 480, if you want to be uh, wrong yeah. about it, <laughs> Yeah. Um, weren't a screen, but it was 8 bits of data. And the Super Nintendo had a small amount of megabytes of RAM. But that mapped to a whole bunch of screens yes. in the memory on a Super mm-hmm. Nintendo because there wasn't very much data per screen compared to the amount of memory, uh, right? Okay. If you move to like a PS3, which could output 1080p at 24 or 32 bits per pixel, that's a screen is now a huge amount of memory mm-hmm. because it's a much bigger array and each of them is four bytes, each pixel is four bytes. But the amount of memory that you had didn't go up by that same factor so on a PS3, I'm actually going to do the math for this. I'm really interested, and it's very fast. <laughs> so, 1080 times 1920 times four is eight megabytes per screen. Right. So if you take 512 divided by that, you could hold. Uh, what? You could hold 62 screens worth of data in the entire memory of the PS3, and that was way less than the Super Nintendo right. guy. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And you had to move all that data every time. But so the deal is, if you do triple buffering, you have to have three times that amount of memory available for three screens worth of stuff to be kept, which means (laughs) you don't get to use that memory for a bunch of other stuff. And since that's not an insignificant amount of memory anymore, and you can also have a shadow buffer that's associated with each one and a stencil buffer and whatever else. uh, Lots of companies opt not to do that because they want to have the extra memory available. That's why. Sorry. No, no. Last sentence, I promise. That's why, like the PS4, when you went to 8 gigs of RAM, but you didn't appreciably increase the screen size, it finally felt like we're back to freedom and we don't have to care about how much memory the <laughs> graphics stuff is taking up. Okay, go ahead.
0: No, it's just, it's crazy to me because, you know, all of these companies, all they try to do is like, oh, now we're going to do 4K and blah, blah, blah. And people wonder why, like, games are so hard to make these days compared to how it was before, you know, by... Making these new require I mean, I've, I've talked about it with like Derek Daniels and all these other guys on Twitter and everything, you know, games these days, they're just so much more expensive to make you know and yes. it's it's so much hard, and and i feel like we've lost the the a level titles you know we have triple a's we have indie and nothing in between because even by the time you get to the in between you're using so much resources and doing so much stuff it might as well be a triple a title and you might as well put the extra money into it or take it away and turn it into an indie one it's like that middle ground has no no home anymore it feels like
3: yeah um so the interesting part about game dev now, and we've gotten well far away from networking, so I can go back to that in a second. No problem. But, uh, no problem. The interesting part about game dev now is the actual design part hasn't changed all that much. Mm-hmm. If you look at the insides, like ignoring animating the character in three D, right? If you look at the insides of Street Fighter Five or Street Fighter Four versus Street Fighter Two, it's still just there are some boxes here. Do they overlap <laughs> or not? Yep. Okay, they do. Go to a different character state process some input from the joystick like that stuff is basically unchanged i mean right? what
0: what mk is still using the mk2 engine right i mean like basically are they something like i remember i heard like mk9 was built off of the mk2 engine like they went backwards and started from mk2 and went from there and updated that i could
3: buy that yeah Dang. So... I mean, the, the thing is, a lot of that stuff is not really all that complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there isn't all that much to a fighting game. There, there are, I mean, the stuff that the Skullgirls engine does that's not in script is like, okay, you gave me a bunch of boxes that are over here. Your boxes overlap their boxes. Okay, tell you that they overlapped and, like, everything else comes from script. Like, there yep. isn't a whole bunch mm-hmm. inside of a fighting game engine, especially a 2D one. A 3D one, if they have to do 3D collisions or you actually want to collide, like, rotated boxes or whatever, that's slightly harder. That's why, like, Marvel 3 and Smash use spheres because the sphere collision test is really easy to write.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: (laughs) But, like, yeah, well, a sphere collision test is, like, are the two centers closer than the distance the two radii make? Right. And, like, they they collide, right? And that's why you have capsules, which are, like, Tylenol pills, like, Mm. uh, foot dive. Because it's a right. swept sphere. It's a sphere test, but you also care about distance from a line segment. And, like, those are both really easy pieces of math right. to do. Because um, as as
0: opposed to 3D boxes where you have to yes. know where – if you're going to one of the corners, then it's a further yes. distance. And if you're going to the center, it's going to be a shorter distance, you know, things yes. like
3: that. 2D boxes are extremely easy. 3D yes. boxes are the second most complicated type of thing you can do.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Okay. as as compared to like arbitrary polygonal surface but yeah Anyway, so like the insides of the game itself are not all that different now than they were 10 years ago or even 20 years ago i mean there's still there's some stuff that battletoads does that like modern beat-em-ups don't do any better um But what got more complicated is the art and the rendering Mm -hmm. and the amount of assets you need for both of those things, right? Like, you you have to generate a very high-resolution screen. People care about how shadows work. Like, there's a huge amount more that goes into the graphics and the sound, I guess I should point out, remember. everybody forgets sound.
0: I remember a tweet from you a long time ago that when Big Band first got added to the game... That you did a test with like two teams of like three big bands just to see how it was handled and it worked fine, right? But yeah, what was those, very surprising. Yeah, and that's one of those things that you know a lot of people don't. Re- I mean, one of the reasons why MVC two has such bad animation is because it had to put six characters into memory all at once to pull them out, you know, at any time.
3: Right. And so one of the things that they definitely had to do in Marvel two is chop frames out of characters. Oh yeah, like, uh, you look at to the fit them at all. If you look at Sentinel in Children of the Atom, he's beautiful. God. He has all these in-between frames on everything. He has Down Roundhouse, which is a move I'm really thankful he didn't have in Marvel 2. The the buzzsaw. Spiral's
0: spirals metamorphosis super is like night and day between NBC2 and, and Children of the Atom. Dude, yep. it's it's ridiculous. Colossus when he grabs you and spins you, like it literally yep. just flips it back and forth. It's the ugliest thing in MVC two. But you know, yep,
3: but they couldn't have put it in if they didn't do that, right? Yeah, they had a strict memory budget for each character. Um, mm-hmm. if you actually look at the data files for Children of the Atom, Sentinel has three whole character data files just for Sentinel, <laughs> whereas like Wolverine has one, right?
0: Dude. I mean, the reason why I brought it up is just because, like you said, because the graphics are getting bigger, the resolution's getting stronger, that, you know, having a game like Skullgirls with six characters in memory all at once is a lot more expensive than it used to be. And even when you go back to when it was cheaper in MVC 2, it was still so expensive that they had to make the game look kind of hideous (laughs) you know i remember when mvc2 first came out i cried over how bad a lot of the 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 children of the atom characters looked they were gross they were terrible nowadays nobody notices it anymore because we're used to that version but man i mean children of the atom is still one of the most like beautifully animated fighting games out there in existence in my opinion
3: uh there is something to point out though is that if you look at marvel 2 Uh, Look at the characters they made specifically for it, Uh right? Look at Cable, Ruby Heart, Tron, Hayato. Um, They are actually some of the best sprite animation Capcom has ever done. Oh,
2: okay, okay.
3: Right? If you look at, like, Cable Standing Roundhouse, that move that everybody remembers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that move is seven frames of animation. Okay. Okay? It's incredible. An equivalent move in Children of the Atom or uh, Marvel Super Heroes would have been uh, 14 or 15. Mm Mm-hmm. But because they knew that they needed economy, they animated differently. They spaced the frames differently. They made a whole bunch of different choices than they would have if they just could throw frames at yeah. it. And as a result, you have something that looks comparable to Marvel superheroes, but takes up half the amount of space. Gotcha. So like Marvel 2 is actually like the characters that they made for that game is mm. actually a masterclass in how to animate economically.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Sorry. that's
3: awesome no I just, that's i think that's, that's super
0: great. cool i mean look as i know far as yeah no go ahead go
1: ahead david go ahead i was about to cut it off what were you gonna say
0: no i mean it's just like i was about to say that this is dangerous because like seriously i can sit here i mean i've talked to mike z outside of you know just like on airplanes or whatever like that you know i've told him a long time yeah. ago i've wanted to write my own fighting game engine and uh, I was, you know, obviously I don't know anything about game programming, so it probably would not work the way that I would expect it to. But, you know, you know, it was one of those discussions that I talked to Mike about, and he was always like, I'd be curious to hear your kind of ideas, and I want to know what he did for Skullgirls and everything like that, just to, how to make it work and everything. And I don't know, it's the programmer in me, the, the person who's always wa- who got into programming because I wanted to make video games, Uh, then it turned out that the video game industry sucked. So I kind of stayed away from it, but, um, uh, it's, I swear I could talk to Mike about this forever, dude.
3: (laughs) I mean, we can stop talking about that part, but like you ought to start, right? The only thing, the only difference between you and me when I started is that I started and you didn't. Right. I didn't know anything about games either.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I've actually told people on my stream before that one of the stream ideas I want to do is just doing a Unity stream. I was just going to learn Unity. Unity right now, because of the quarantining, uh, mm-hmm. The the there's like the, the whole beginning chunk of lessons are free uh, yep. on Unity's website. And because they're free, I figured I could stream myself learning it and then, uh, you know, maybe... Think about doing something and in fact um one of the topics that i did want to talk about later on was a uh, a guy named born to spd has made his own mm-hmm. hack of super turbo And I have considered trying to do, learn how to do that myself. Obviously it's not the same thing. You're just tweaking binaries and things like that. And, you know, interpreting the the, the file. You're not actually coding the game. So I don't have any access to do a lot of the things that I'd want to do. But my brain for this quarantine, like I've just been thinking about all sorts of ways to like maybe get into programming and stuff. So, you know.
3: I mean, you should start. Like, I I tell everybody this, but if you want to, like give it a shot. You won't learn anything by doing nothing.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. That's right me. I think you should do it, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the hard part... Go ahead, cut us off. Yeah. No,
1: I've, I'm being serious about that. I've been telling James I think you should be doing other stuff yeah. as well for I mean,
0: the, the hardest part, obviously, right now is just the, the mental stability during quarantine, you know? But,
1: yeah, it's, it's... I love
3: this, so I'm not the right person to say that, too.
1: <laughs> are you really going to do a... Uh, US japan? between japan and the u.s what's going on yeah
3: That's um awesome. yes so the last one we did worked okay but this one is going to be even better i mean i okay that was a good segue david i sincerely appreciate your skills um the the improvement in the net play like i actually can't overstate how good it is i mean i played england at 205 i played brazil at 220 something and like yes occasionally there will be the giant rollback that's caused by 205 milliseconds of delay but (laughs) you can pick oh yeah this is definitely the thing that i should talk about you can pick delay zero and play somebody on another continent and not care right the whole point of rollbacks is that you can choose the delay you feel on your own actions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so on delay based net code this is like the did you plug it in version of how stuff works but um on delay based netcode, if we have 10 frames of delay between us right so if you don't hear me speaking which is probably preferable for you uh for 10 frames after i've said anything The way delay-based netcode works is it puts that same delay on both people, right? So if my game isn't getting your inputs until 10 frames late, then my game holds on to my inputs and gives them to the game 10 frames late. That way, both of our inputs arrive at the same time. This is extremely simple to write, which is why everybody wrote it initially. Uh, It doesn't require you to change the game engine in any way. You just run it normally. You just have a list of inputs over here, and it reads from the bottom, and it puts new inputs into the top. And that's it. And if the other person's input is later than ten frames, then the game just waits until it shows up. Yeah. Um, that's why delay based net code is in everything, because it's easy, but that's also why delay based net code is complete garbage. Right. Sorry. So,
0: so just because just as a means of making sure that people at home understand this, that's why. So basically if you hit a button at what you see on your screen because it knows that you're, you know, because it needs to delay 10 frames, your actual action won't come out until 10 frames later for, I'm yes. not sure who's catching up to who in that situation, but someone has to catch up to the other person, and so that uh, why. No
3: one's catching up. That's the whole point. Right, right, right. right. Well, I mean, I don't know who's ahead of the
0: other. I don't know if right. your frames are delayed, that means you're ahead, or if you're behind. Um,
3: oh, uh, on delay-based netcode, it doesn't. There's no syncing involved, right? Because your game doesn't advance until it's received the input from ten frames ago. So you're mm-hmm. both input, or you're both internet lag behind reality, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the important part about delay based netcode is okay. So two things. First of all, in a fighting game, I'm reacting, I'm reacting to what I see, right? Right. So let's say delay based netcode works like this. Let's give it the the third strike input delay from Dreamcast. Okay which was four extra frames over what Third Strike in the Arcade was. I think it was from four to eight, right? Uh... Everybody thought that was terrible and never wanted to play on Dreamcast, okay? Now, the reason for that is the same reason why delay-based netcode is extra horrible, and it's this. I'm not reacting to your inputs, I'm reacting to your character. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's assume everybody has right, right, yeah. perfect reaction time and we don't take the extra 12 frames of human reaction time that's in there. Uh, so if you push your character's like attack button on frame 10, right? But we're all, I should have picked a different number than 10. Let's go with 12 because it's not 10. So <laughs> you push your button on frame 12, right? We have four frames of delay between us. That means your button actually starts happening on frame 16 on both of our screens, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Then on frame 16, I push my button to react to your action that I magically just saw. Yeah. And my button doesn't come out until frame 20.
2: Yep.
3: Right? So there's actually double the amount of delay that you would think from learning how to play on a delay-based game. And if you want to know the extra reason like Even for things that are guaranteed, right, so let's say you are blocking Chun-Li's Super 2 in Third Strike and you want to parry the last hit, right? That super is a guaranteed sequence. It takes the same amount of time no matter what. So you block all of it and then you just parry the last hit when it comes up. If you're in delay-based netcode, that parry is still delayed. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to parry that four frames or however many frames early even though the action is the same amount of time and you know exactly when you should do it offline. Right. Makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean it's, that's it's the example I, that I, I experience use. as well. Yep. That's I mean, the it's... example that I use for everything. Okay, so that's why rollbacks matter.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean okay? that, that's if not... you ignore everything else about how rollbacks work, what rollbacks let you do is choose to experience no delay on your own inputs versus what you see on the screen. Right. So yeah. if you're blocking Chun Super Two and then you go to parry the last hit. You parry it with the same timing that you would offline.
1: By, by looking at it.
3: By mm-hmm. looking at what's on the screen. And that's what makes rollbacks and online play useful for practice, for learning, and comparable to offline play. That is the whole thing that makes all the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, fighting Rollbacks game-
3: allow you to choose your own delay. Okay? And the way they do that, this is the slightly more technical bit, but so the way rollbacks work is this. Your inputs are still late, right? Your inputs take 10 frames or whatever to arrive to my game. My game says, I don't care. I'm going to continue anyway and guess that you did the exact same thing you did last frame. So I'm going to predict 10 frames into the future, right, to now, and allow my player to do whatever they want in real time. And then when your input from 10 frames ago arrives, I'm going to roll back. That's why it's called that. To the state 10 (laughs) frames ago put that input in and then predict forward to now again from that altered past right it's the doc brown when the timeline skewed into an alternate 1985. um so now you're in the alternate version of that past and you've seen the action updated to what they did 10 frames ago right right but so so if they do something that is delayed by the internet or very very obviously unpredictable or for example if they block something at like the last possible second then on your screen they're not yet hitting back when you touch them so you'll see the beginning of a hit spark Mm -hmm. and then their input from 10 frames ago will arrive and it'll be back so the game will decide oh they were actually trying to block in the past right and then roll to the to the now And say, okay, well, they were blocking. So that's what you get when you see a rollback.
1: Yeah.
3: Is the past changed and the present didn't. But the difference is the present, you you can provide an input on frame 10 and it'll happen on frame 10 instead of having to be delayed by however bad the internet connection is. So you basically take all the delay and you move it from the controls, which are not visible on the screen, to the visuals. Right? Yep. So now the controls respond right away, but the visuals have to correct themselves if something different happens. Yeah. That's basically what you're doing is you're choosing where you want to put that delay. And you can with with nice GGPO, you can actually choose to put it in the middle, right? You can say I want to play with two frames of input delay, which will reduce any rollbacks that you're going to have by two frames. Right. But I will experience some amount of rollbacks, or if you really don't care about that, you can actually make rollback netcode equivalent to delay netcode by just choosing a high delay. Right. right. If I choose 10 frames of delay on my rollback game, I now play with 10 frames of input delay, but the screen looks fine. Yeah. Right. right. So they're actually fully equivalent. I mean, you shouldn't choose to do that, right? Like <laughs> the, whole course, point, yeah. the whole point of having rollbacks is that you can just always pick zero delay. Or one, if you really want to care about that kind of thing, but you can play as if it's offline. You can do combos. You can do punishes. You can do things related to the screen as if you were playing offline, and that's what makes all the difference,
1: and that's why I've been screaming uh,
3: about this for 10 years.
1: What's the feedback from the community?
3: uh, The initial feedback from the community because I screwed something up was, this is terrible, and then once I hadn't screwed up the frame, the, the... frame-throttling code, okay. um, everybody really enjoys it. Like, okay. the the feedback from everybody has been like, I've played people all over the world and it basically doesn't matter where they are. So, the, the community was the one that organized the US versus Japan, right? They, right, they yeah. played matches on the new netcode and then they were like, we can do this again and now we can't complain about it. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Yeah. So, Pretty sweet. it's... it's I, nice work. I know it'll sell copies of Skullgirls if more people buy Skullgirls, I don't actually care anymore because the amount of money that we make off of it is non-existent now. But <laughs> you should try it because you will be surprised at the amount of difference that having good netcode can make. You basically don't have to reject any matches anymore. I mean, you still want to reject people on Wi-Fi, but that's for a different reason. Right. Right? Now, Even now, if they live next to you and they're on Wi-Fi, you generally want to reject yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. it. I mean, so he, like, h- here's it, a question for ahead. you, Mike. Though, does this mean this fix that you put in here can it be ported to everything that uses GGPo? Or do is it? Oh yes.
3: Yes. Okay. So in yes. other words, it could also be ported to things that don't use GGPO. Right.
0: So in other words, if Crystal Dyna, I'm uh, is it Crystal Dynamics, the one that did Garrow Mark the Wolves, uh, mm-hmm. Code Mystics, uh, Code uh, Mystics, uh, my Mystics. sorry, yeah, they have Code Mystics, and uh, you know the um, uh, Iron Galaxy and MK- and and, and uh, MK Nether Realm Studios, they wanted mm-hmm. to port this fix into their games, they could and improve the net code in their games as well.
3: Yep. Okay. Uh, and they could probably do it by watching this broadcast, because the the actual yeah. what we did is really not all that hard. It's just someone had to figure out you could do it, right? It's the mm-hmm. Columbus's egg thing.
1: And that was yeah, that I, is. I think it's super cool to to still be coming up with ways to improve yeah. on things like this. That's
0: awesome. And that that that's credit I mean, that credit goes to Liam, who is in the chat, correct?
3: Yes. Uh, okay. The initial credit for what can be done to to spark the round of improvements goes to Liam, who. Uh, was very smart and thought of it (laughs) the initial like don't (laughs) sleep part Mm -hmm. but it's it's what not sleeping allows you to do with the rest of the game that's really the giant improvement Mm -hmm. right that was like the key that unlocks everything else that that we could do to change how it how it deals with network delay Um, the other really nice part that I I should say if people are gonna take this broadcast and try and do something with their own uh, code is before the round starts, like when inputs aren't going to be frame perfect and nothing matters, um, we still sleep, right? Yeah. It still checks to see how many frames you are ahead or behind and waits that amount of time to catch up. It only doesn't do it during gameplay because you want it to be as exact as possible when the round starts, Right. right? So it checks very often and it sleeps the right amount of time before any of those inputs are going to really matter. Mm -hmm.
0: So, um, someone can, once this goes up on YouTube, link this to Zynac, please. <laughs> link this uh, video to Zynac to make sure he gets this into Guilty Gear Strive.
1: <laughs> so we, we, we talked just a little bit about, uh, the Evo online thing when you raised your hand, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but you think that with the net, Code that Skullgirls has now. Does it seem to you like having an online tournament would be as legit as having an offline tournament?
3: Um, I'm gonna get reamed for this, but yeah, I basically think so. Okay. Um, at least in terms of the gameplay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing, the thing that I wanted to say when you mentioned it's not the same as going to a giant venue is that it's probably beneficial for people that it's not the same as going to a giant venue because I can sit in my comfy chair. Totally. I can have my cat over here. I can, you know, not be wearing pants or whatever else.
1: Totally. Yeah, I'm not saying it's better or worse, just that it is different. It is different. Yeah. It and, is and different. Some, some people find that better to be in that, like, tournament venue. They, like, mm-hmm. get it up a little mm-hmm. bit more. Some people would rather be at home where they're comfortable. It just depends on the person. Yeah. But it is different. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll um, say, yeah.
0: you, know, you know, having been there live, for example, during the Daigo Perry and stuff like that, that kind of crowd reaction experience is irreplaceable, you know, is yes, is, is, is amazing. Cool. But at the same time, yeah, you go there, go oh and two. Now you can go and play with your cat, you know.
3: <laughs> well, or they tell you to go play on stage, and now you're on stage and super nervous, right?
0: But that's sure. that's like, experience, and I I think that that's you know even as a person who's who's like at flow levels of floking whenever I'm at those kind of situations. <laughs> I still think it's a valuable experience and something that's, I like having that aspect affect you as a player. Like That appeals to me having that competitive environment, but that's me, that's me, so.
3: I agree that it is useful experience if you have to play in an environment like that, Mm -hmm. but it will probably let people have better performances overall to not have to put them through 10 or 15 of those before they can ignore it, right? Yeah. Um, right. So I will I will say two things, which are um, we've been running online tournaments for Skullgirls for a long time. So we've dealt with some things like two people playing one team by swapping the controller around, and like you could tell because the playstyle changed. But also, they won the tournament because they were both really good players. But also because you couldn't psych both of them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jeez. Right. So we did have that happen, and also there are connection issues, like there will be occasional rollbacks because the internet is a wild territory and you have no idea what's going on in between (laughs) your country and another country, right? (laughs) and like between your house and someone else's house but in terms of actually being able to play the game and execute the things that you think you want to do, if you have rollback netcode and you can play with no delay on your character, it makes a giant amount of difference, like it stops being a... You versus the online environment, mm-hmm. and it starts being much more you versus the other person.
2: I mean, I, so there are the policing issues the and
3: everything else that you pointed out, right? Like, you don't know if I'm a bot because you can't see me, right? <laughs> so, and you don't know if I'm two separate people or right. if two separate people are both me until they right. reach each other in bracket and can't play each other. But, like, I mean, you don't know any of that stuff. But in terms of the actual gameplay, like, it's pretty there.
0: I'll, I'll okay. tell you this: um, for the brief moment, what during what David called the golden age of Street Fighter Five, when uh, we were playing the on weeks. the Altamore patch, and I yep. played online, it felt the most like I was playing and learning offline that, you know, I've really experienced. Because I haven't played mm-hmm. a lot of... Like, I haven't played a lot of KI online. I haven't played a lot of Skullgirls online. Punch Planet, them's Fighting her. Shame. You know, I know, I know. I mean, know.
3: Like, I mean James. to
0: be honest with you... I mean, David can attest to this. <clears throat> you too. Uh, uh, David can attest to this as well, but in the past few yeah. years, until just recently with Street Fighter Five, I I haven't been playing fighting
1: games online at all.
0: So,
2: yeah. <laughs> you uh, know. I, yeah,
1: I get so, it. So, but, I mean, look, I, I played against somebody in Saudi Arabia on SF5 during the Ultimore patch, and it was yep. legit. We were still, I blocked on reaction to moves. Yep. It was incredible. Um, uh, so, no, that's, that's great. It, that was remarkable because I felt it was so good for Street Fighter, but, yeah, I mean, I've, played on Skullgirls and on right. Ki, and I've I have been playing people in Europe on Ki pretty regularly. Yeah. And
0: it looks like you know just to answer becoming
1: accustomed to it. A- mm-hmm.
0: Answer Rip's question. I, I believe that's Rip from the Level Up Your Game. So, so with the new netcode improvement, is Wi Fi okay now? No, no, Wi Fi is still going to be Wi Fi no matter what.
3: Okay, so, so I'm actually going to do like the the thirty second explanation of this because in the video that I made about why Wi Fi sucks, I said interference. And the reason I said interference is because if you show it to your buddy who doesn't know anything about the internet, interference makes a lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. It's not actually interference. This is like the two-second update to that video. So the way Wi-Fi works is it's actually not talk or send and receive at the same time. Mm -hmm. So like if you're on a phone, right, you have your, hang loose, your phone receiver, which has the mouthpiece and the earpiece, and there's two separate wires that go to the other person's mouthpiece and earpiece. So you can hear them talk and talk yourself at the same time, right? You can both drive down both sides of the highway um, at the same time. Okay, the way Wi-Fi works is like walkie talkies. There's one frequency and either I'm talking or you're talking, but not both, right? So if I want to say something to you, I have to say, hello, David, did you get the data I sent over? And then right. you say, yes, nope. I got the data you sent. I mean, yep, or I did. whatever. Right? right. And if we talk at the same time, nothing happens. So that's the reason Wi-Fi doesn't work. It's not actual, like, interference, like, planes go by and they make static on your Wi-Fi. It's because the way Wi-Fi <laughs> is built, and this is not fixed by Wi-Fi 6, is that it is what is called half duplex, which means only one thing can talk at a time. So your Wi-Fi can be really fast which means when I'm allowed to talk, I'm the machines guy, right? And I say like And you get it all and I get high internet speeds, but I still have to wait the same amount of time while you are allowed to talk before I can talk again. So that's what happens with Wi-Fi. Instead of getting packets like this, once every frame from my inputs, I get like nothing for a period of time and then like five things and then nothing for a period of time and then five more things, right?
1: Does it need to be like
3: that? Uh, the short answer to that is yes, and that's why walkie-talkies work like that. If you're only using one frequency, then only one of us can transmit because the other one will stomp it if they both transmit at the same time. right? Yeah. So the way to fix that for Wi-Fi would be to use two frequencies that are very far away from each other, one for one thing talking, and the other one for the other thing talking. But even that still doesn't work as soon as you have two devices on the Wi-Fi. So the real answer that the 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 way that they've been improving Wi-Fi is by making it so that you can cram more data into the amount of time you're allowed to talk, right? So you can you can scream a whole uh, 3D printed uh, N95 mask into one amount of time you're allowed to talk instead of just saying like, well, I and then that's it. Right. But you still have to do what's called. Uh, multiplexing time multiplexing anyway to ensure that no one is talking at the same time right because if you really want to be able to do duplex every device needs its own frequency to broadcast on mm-hmm. so that no one is stomping anyone else and that would be the only thing that allows everything to talk at the same time mm-hmm. so that's why Wi-Fi sucks it's not actual interference but it doesn't have anything to do with your speed yes right it only has to do with the way that Wi-Fi is built okay Okay. so the answer to that is no wi-fi is still not acceptable because wi-fi will still do that and it doesn't matter how far away from you they are that delay is generally worse than any ping time you're going to get right. just... well
1: i really appreciate you coming on and talking about it
0: <laughs> and just so yeah. people know just so people know that Micro Machines guy, I made a reference. Nobody knew who I was talking about. John Mashita, <laughs> who also oh, did the voice yeah. of Blur in Transformers the movie. There you go. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to add. Okay.
1: <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, uh, I guess we're about to go to break. But um, if you could, in 10 seconds, describe to me your feelings on Guilty Gear Strive.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> no, thanks for being on here, Mike. We'll talk to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It's it pre- pretty. It's pretty. Okay. Okay. There you go.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Crack my own self up. Well,
3: They're doing a GGPO caster for uh, Core. Those are my feelings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, All right, Benny. Well, thanks a
3: lot for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Did you ever want to have me back when it's... Another slow news day. Let me know, dude. I mean,
1: um, honestly, I
0: may just have you back so we can just talk programming fighting games one of these days. To be honest, just because that okay. part I'm super interested, in. I just I want to know like as much about it as I can, you know, without giving away trade secrets or whatever like that. So
3: there really aren't any. Okay. Uh, a lot of the actual fighting game part is how you do the design on your mm. end when you iterate. Like the actual yeah. building of an engine is like. Everybody ought to be able to figure out how to do yes. that by now. Um, cool. Also, I guess I should say, I'm very much about freely sharing information of in course. the first place. Because yeah. my belief is I should tell everybody how to do everything because then everything gets better and because nobody's going to do it as good as me anyway. <laughs> right? I, don't know. I love it. But like for real, for, like for the netcode thing, right? I would like every game to have rollback netcode that now works the way that Skullgirls does because then anyone who wants to play any fighting game online can go and do it instead of being like, well, I really wanted to play uh, Exerd online or I really wanted to play Unist online, but I can't with anyone with any kind of good connection. So instead, I'm gonna have to play this other game, Scope Girls or whatever, that I don't like. It's like, my goal is not to force you to play the game that I made if you don't like it. My goal is for people to be able to play fighting games online because the more people that play them, the more people that like them. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't. I mean, before it, before SG, like the choice was three SOE if you wanted rollbacks, and if you hated Third Strike, like that was it. Right. <laughs> now your choice of the mainstream fighting games, if you want to play somebody that's any kind of reasonable distance from you, is Street Fighter Five. Right. And like, no, I wouldn't wish that on anyone.
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly. You. this is a very fighting game player mindset. You know, you teach your opponents how to beat you because in the end, that's going to make you a better player in the end anyway. Yep. So makes sense. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you save that as, I don't know what uh, PG-13 level you're at, but... Uh, Go to the max, if, buddy. <laughs> if you save that shit for nationals, yep. if someone has a counter for it, you never got to practice against the counter, right? Yep. Right.
0: Exactly. I mean, it was. Okay,
3: thanks, Law, for coming on yeah. again.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I'll shut up.
3: Dismissed.
1: <laughs>
0: <Tace> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mike, for coming uh, on.
1: I, I... Anything you to
3: plug before you get out of here? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. In addition to trying the Skullgirls netcode patch, you should really try Them's Fighting Herds because the story mode is fantastic.
1: Okay. I just downloaded it earlier today. Cool. I'm about to do that.
3: Like, I'm legitimately impressed by both Pixel Lobbies and Story Mode uh, and the Salt Mines. I. The fact that they did it with the engine that uh, we gave them is even more impressive. <laughs> <But> like <laughs> overall, like they're really, really good. So cool. please give it a shot. I
1: definitely, definitely will. All right. All right, man.
3: All right. Good night. Have Peace. a good night.
0: All right. Well, uh, I guess dude, then we are. I
2: can
1: talk, huh?
0: Oh yeah, oh dude, I. <laughs> I had a blast with that but um, yeah, it was
1: cool yeah I really appreciate
0: it uh, I am let's go ahead and go on a break real quick and then when we come back we will be talking about more of this stuff up here all this uh, generic stuff up here so be right back <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope people did get a chance to watch that, whoops, that one stream that I did where I talked about my ideas for the Guilty Gear Strive Lobby, Uh, and wow, cat, out of nowhere, holy crap, that came out of nowhere. Um, That, you know, people can actually check that out because, um, yeah, the the stuff that I talked uh, about potentially doing with the lobby, and, and the goal that I had was not to just destroy the lobby, but more to, um, you know, take what lo- what the lobby that they have and actually make it work the way I think they intended to. I had a big, long discussion that uh, about that on stream at one point in time, and, uh, you know, I'd be really curious to see what people thought of that. Um, hi, kitty. Oh, can you guys hear that? Can you guys hear that? Yeah, the lobby was asked but the lobby wasn't asked because of the, the lobby system that's the, that's the part that I really want people to understand is that they could absolutely make that lobby work they could absolutely make that lobby work and and work well and be actually kind of cool and sick if they just knew what they were doing and did it right and uh, that's what they did not do they did not do it right in my opinion There's definitely ways that you could make it work a lot better than they did. I really believe that. I don't think that there was anything fundamentally incorrect about the lobby. I just feel like that there's a lot more they could do to make it uh, work the way that they had intended it to work.
3: This EVO pandemic is probably the equivalent of getting a college degree
0: from
2: Phoenix Online. I think it happened, but it really didn't lull.
0: I did not know David added the the, the speech stuff to this. Okay. That scared the hell out of me. Oh my god. Rubbing his head all over my shoulder right now. He is trying to be a cat so badly. Oh come back from the bathroom. It's taking him quite some time right now, so that obviously can mean multiple things. by fresh baked goods. I hope that's the answer. I hope that's the answer. Uh, Either that or he's dropping off some baked goods, if you know what I mean. Ultra David to return to the scene. Still waiting on him, returning to the scene. So you guys get to listen to me ramble just a little bit here. Uh, that's what I'm thinking, where He's definitely pooping right now. Oh, hey, David. How's it going?
1: Right. Sorry about that delay. Okay, okay. My bad.
0: Yeah, some people were said that you might have been. You might have intercepted some baked goods, and I said that it was more likely you were dropping off some baked goods, you know. So,
1: or I created my own. I'm not on on camera. Uh, I just I just made some toast for myself, just super simple. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha.
0: All right, you ready to drop back in then?
1: Yes. All right, let's do this.
0: everybody, welcome back to the Tuesday Show. I am once again joined by Mr. Ultra David here in the flesh. How's it going? Hey, I'm feeling great.
1: How about you?
0: Uh, I feel okay. I mean, I didn't get to, you know, drop off any baked goods or anything like that like you did perhaps, so, you know, you're probably feeling a little bit better.
1: All I did was get some toast. That's it. Okay. Now, yeah, that toast might be made of homemade sourdough bread along with homemade... Come jam, but you know it's just toast. Okay, there you go. Here's what's going on. We'll move on on to the next phase, the five-five matchup question section, where we discuss yeah. I, and I, honestly, related topics.
0: We got so many questions this time, and I actually yeah. cut out like ten questions about Evo Online because I knew we were going to talk about Evo Online uh, anyway and address most of those questions, but we had a ton of questions this time. It was really, inter- I mean, again, uh, I don't know, like, David, do we normally get, like, maybe 30 questions total?
1: We do not normally get 30 questions. Okay,
0: because nope. we definitely did.
1: <laughs> it's a banner week of not having much news to talk about, and so people <laughs> giving us a lot of right. good suggestions.
0: By the way, how did you turn on the uh, donation, Read the thing. read the text thing? on the stream Labs, Is that just an option you can turn on, or? Sure is. Oh, okay. I'll have to do that. I did not know that that was something I could do. Okay.
1: Correct. I thought you needed so, like, some special what we voice. do for these things, as James said, is solicit questions from the community, and then we let the people who are our Patreon and Twitch subscribers uh, vote to decide which ones we end up discussing. So, we did get a lot. I'll go through the questions that we proposed to people, right?
0: Uh, yes, that were proposed to us, yes.
1: Exactly right, yeah. So, question number one How do you ignore rank? I'm at silverish and I'm taking my time getting my footsies and confirms right. I look at replays of tourneys and sessions and such, and it can be depressing. Ooh, okay. Number two How important <laughs> is the crowd? Is there a way we can get involved other than a chat on the side of the screen? Three, which parry type do you like the most in fighting games and why? Directional parry like Third Strike, button parry like Yadigarasu or SF5, or reject style, uh, uh, instant block kind of stuff. What would be good ways to balance parries to minimize exploits and OSs while keeping their basic usefulness and height? Dang, James's favorite topic. <laughs> Four, as we approach a next generation of consoles, what are your hopes for each major FGC brand? What do you think is the best course for each title as new iterations are announced and revealed? the next one what's the best actual fighting game to play that requires little to no combo mechanics in order to be efficient nobody voted for that one
0: (laughs) i'll answer that right now for the person who answered that question samurai showdown that's the answer right there you get all the mind games without the execution so there you go
1: the next one is what is the game fighting game or otherwise that you loved the most in the past that you realized with time and experience is actually really bad. The next. Should Guilty Gear Strive have alternate costume? That'd be cool. Why do 3D fighters seem to struggle in to exist in comparison with 2D, except for Tekken? The next one is, what are your thoughts on medicinal pot slash THC while playing fighting games? All right. <laughs> do you think it makes you more relaxed? Nope. The next one is, <laughs> I definitely put a,
0: the. I definitely made sure to include that question for for reasons I will not go into.
1: Is there any character you really want to like but just can't like playing? Oh wow! What do players get wrong about the concept of a balanced game? If you could make your own new fighting game IP unrestricted to known standards in existing IPs, what would your gameplay priorities be? And then the last one is: Are fighting games dying? Nobody voted for that. This is the best time to have been a fighting game player ever. <laughs> All right, here's what won in conclusion. With 35% of the overall vote, as we approach a next generation of consoles, what are your hopes for each major fighting game community brand? What do you think is the best course for each title as new iterations are announced and revealed?
0: Okay. Well, well um what are you hoping for? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, the answer that I, I give is kind of... The, I, I get asked this on stream all the time. Uh, okay. What do I want to see in Street Fighter VI? And okay. my answer is a vision. That's it. That's all I care about is that I want, you, I want them to make a game with a goal in mind that is not a response to all the complaints of the previous version. I, okay. I want you to make something that, you know... You have an intent to make a game play a certain way and this is how you're going to do it. I actually do feel that a lot of the people who say Guilty Gear Strive is like the Street Fighter 5 of Guilty Gear are kind of right. Because I don't think they're approaching it with a vision outside of, we probably want to make this easier for people, but also still kind of complicated. Like, to me, yeah. that's not a vision. You know, right. I want them to come in and this is what I want to do. So, I already said, if I made Street Fighter Six, I would make a direct sequel to Third Strike. I would bring parries back and do it in a different way. My vision would be, here is, you know, every three games, boom, parry game. You know, that kind of thing, you know. And that would be the goal. Not necessarily to craft a game that plays. Like, I just want to make another version of Third Strike because... Uh, people like it, and I feel like it's time to bring some parries back. What the hell? Let's do it. You know, kind of situation. So, for Strive, you know, if they wanted to make the game simpler, they needed to have the idea of how they wanted to focus in that. But, the fact that they changed the Gatling system to something more complicated flies in the face of that. Putting all the data in one location flies in the face of that because the tension gauge is still at the bottom of the screen. You know, I just feel like that they were not with the right vision so you know if for example Tekken 8 their goal is to keep doing Tekken as they've been doing Tekken do that if their goal is to reboot Tekken and do something new do that but don't do it in response to something do it with your own goal idea of what you want your game to play like what is the goal of your fighting game is it supposed to be footsies beginner friendly or is it supposed to be manic mix-up heavy pick a theme and design the game around that
1: yeah i really liked when we had keats on and he was talking about how important it was to have the uh to have in mind the people who will buy the game yes planning around that in the first place that definitely made sense to me what i would really like i think just as a more as a broader topic you know, I think many of us expect that the next, like, iterations of many of these games are going to be held off until the next series of consoles come out. Um, That is to say, like, there's a Street Fighter VI in the world, and it's probably not going to be out until, you know, whenever there's a PS5 or whenever the Mm -hmm. Xbox Series X comes out. Those are planned for the end of this year, but I mean, from what I'm hearing, that's probably not likely now because everything is slowed down. Uh, But, you know, in, in any case, we'll see. I'm hoping that they wait a while. I think is what I really want. I've been super satisfied with many of the games that have come out. Even if they're not games that I personally like. I see many of my friends really enjoying them too. Right. I don't feel like I need a glut of new fighting games. Okay? Right. What I want Agreed. instead is to make really sure that the launches of the next games are complete. Okay. So to have another set of, of launches like Street Fighter V and Marvel Infinite, or even uh, like... Tekken 7 is, doesn't have some aspects of what you would want, or did, at least didn't launch with some aspects of what you would want in a game. I, I, want, I want games to be fully baked. Uh, yes. Even gameplay aside, make sure that there's stuff that's single-player friendly. Make sure that there's other reasons to play uh, than just you know competing online. That's what we're interested in, in, and I want that to be the primary focus, but there needs to be something else for other people as well. Make sure that the games are are ready, and so what I what I hope doesn't happen is that you know these new consoles come out and then there's sort of a feeling of needing to rush to get your games out for those consoles like at launch. I really hope that they're just they launch when they're ready to launch. Um, it would be a big bummer if we had to you know wait for Street Fighter VI to take three years to be a full game. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean. The thing about it is, it's tricky because I I feel like very few fighting games can really quite achieve that because a lot of the, again a fighting game that is figured out largely by the developers is usually a, a bad fighting game. But yes, you know, Street Fighter V was on a completely different level of being unbaked. You know, that was like. That was like uh, that was like you know you eat it and you know normally if it's something's unbaked you eat it and it kind of tastes funny you're not sure but Street Fighter Five was like at unhealthy levels of unbaked that you would get like E. coli or or some sort of like disease from it so
1: definitely yeah no so that so that's that's mostly what I want I don't I don't have things that I want to see in specific from any of the games other than that. You know, I want new stuff yeah so I don't I don't feel that I need to make demands on you know what the developers are gonna be looking for or what what they should be making more that I just want to play things that I haven't played before because mm-hmm. I can still play the games that I have been playing you know I don't need to give them up I can go back to them if I if I feel like the new game is not up to par in some way or I play a different game instead I don't feel terribly wedded to like any one particular game or genre right. or or, or uh, developer So, yeah, just just have something new that I can enjoy. I think that's really it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Again, I know both of us are big fans of the variety aspect of fighting games. So, again, you know, none of the games I feel like have to do anything. But like I said, as a vision, as an artist, as a creator, you should have a goal in mind. So, for example, like Mike Z, when he made Skullgirls, he was making a spiritual sequel to MBC2. That was his Mm -hmm. whole vision right there, to the point where all of the weird, subtle things that happen in MVC 2 he emulated to a T. You know, like, if you're super jumping up and you hit somebody, the the enemy reels slightly differently than if you're coming down from the jump, you know, and all these, like, different things that, you know, once you flip, you're not allowed to do another action and, you know, all these things like that. He really... uh, had that in mind he even put yep. he even purposely programmed the snapback glitch to infinite the partner to death you know because he just liked right, it so right. much from mvc2 you know it's that kind of thing
1: sounds right new stuff or whatever yeah just things that i would find fun i don't know again very broad <laughs> i don't really feel like i have specific demands other than they, they be ready
0: uh, the Is there anything else to say about that one? Uh, nope, that's all I had to say.
1: Is there any other here that you would like to chat about?
0: Let's see here. Uh, I mean, the parry one is interesting because I just talked about how I would like to put parry in Street Fighter 6. Uh, OK,
1: what's, what's the question? Or so if you want to answer that. The
0: question is, which parry type do you like the most in fighting games and why? You know, directional mm-hmm. parry like Street Fighter 3, button parry like Out of or Street Fighter 5, reject style like Soul Calibur, Sam Show, even uh, Guilty Gear Blitz in, uh, mm-hmm. ax- in, in, in Exert. Uh, what would be a good way to balance parries to minimize exploits and OSs while keeping their basic usefulness and hype? Uh, one of the main reasons why I feel like Street Fighter 6 should go back to the parry system is because I really like the way they implemented Gil's parry. In, right, okay. in Street Fighter V. You know, obviously I'd want parry to be one frame, which is the big difference. The Gills is two frames, so you can't just do it on wake up. It's essentially almost a, a perfect parry, just that with that one flaw in there. But that's how I would implement it. I would make it so that, yes, it would be a command input. And when you put the command input, your character gets stuck in a delay but if you do parry something, you can cancel that into another parry or into any button, right. you know, as long as you implement it with a command and so that you can put the delay on it and have all those be one frames and make it so you could do it in the air and everything. Because now if you do it in the air and the guy predicts you're going to parry in the air, they just let you land and they'll kill you. You can't do yeah. the with button throw, parry, option selects and stuff like that. If you just give it the with animation... I think you would end up with a, because honestly, I know a lot of people have heard me say that I don't like parries. The reason why is because there's no real, real way to exploit it, you know, and punish it if you predict that they're parrying, especially if they just throw OS, but then you got to, you know, try to beat their throw, you got to parry their throw tech and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, it's kind of a mess. And so if they just made it so that everybody had delay like that, a one-frame parry can do in the air, on the ground, with a command, boom, perfect, I think. And that that honestly is my favorite kind of... I, I, I would really love to see a game based around that and see how basically, it would
1: play. Basically, Yadagrasu.
0: Yeah, but except Yadagrasu had no whiff animation. You could just right, hit okay. the parry button, and then you couldn't parry the, yeah. again for the next few frames. But I would actually like to see the with animation you so that an you animation could... animation
1: specifically? Okay.
0: Yeah, so you could bait out a parry and punish it.
1: Well, I I, I liked what Yagarasu did because I liked the idea of parries. I mean, you definitely can blow up somebody trying to parry standing or crouching. Right, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is... At the same time, there are many options select with it. You're moving around, right? You wanted to crouch anyway, you get a parry. Like, there's, and, you know, you can definitely... Get more parries on accident or through option selects than just by, uh, you know, intentionally parrying. Uh, right. So I like that Yaguaros made it so it's a button press, but I also like that there's still ways to blow up somebody who's looking for those parries, uh, and that you can't just do it constantly. There's a little cooldown window. I think in Third Strike, the bigger issue even around that was that some characters were just weighted really heavily towards toward parrying or crouching parrying. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as somebody who's playing against Oro at range, there's no down parry. You, you, you don't have to worry about trying to down parry <laughs> Oro because right. he doesn't have any buttons at range that reach you. So all you are worried about is that he'll do stand medium kick or forward strong or whatever, right? It's... It's only that forward. So he can't really play the game of, mm-hmm. well, oh, yeah, you're going to try to forward parry me? Well, check out my low. Like, he's got a slow sweep. It doesn't really matter. So I think it's more about if if the characters were balanced enough with what their options were to blow up parrying uh, or to, to blow up the, the stand parry versus crouching parry. Then I think I would, that'd be cool. So I wouldn't want like a big change. I don't think it needs a big change. Right. Like I say. You know, it could be fine if there's a big change too. But I don't think that Harrys need to be changed drastically. I think yeah. the way Yoda did did it's nice. I, I, feel yeah, like... I mean, I like I like how Gills is. I don't know. You know me. I mean, I'm pretty much open to yeah. how games can be designed. It's
0: <laughs> my my only concern is then you know if everybody has those kind of options at those ranges that it kind of homogenizes all the characters. in No. I, very... I,
1: yeah. For sure, I wouldn't want everybody to have that. Yeah. It's it's more it's more that maybe in Third Strike, the characters who were the best in general could blow that up really well? Yes. I mean, right. the, the, the tier... In, that was a big impact on tiers.
0: Yeah, the tiers in Third Strike were determined by how well you could blow up parries. That that was kind of a large portion it. It really was it. a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So that's why I would like to have the ability just to bait out parries and stuff like that, because I think that would be really cool and you don't even have to make the delay super long like you you know like maybe the window to punish it is maybe only twice as long as the window that it actually parries so you have to be precise with your punishes to make it a little right. trickier you know Gil I mean he sits there forever right I mean you have yeah, a long time
1: counterable. he's hanging out for a while yeah can you,
0: you, you can take like three steps and throw him and, and there's nothing you can do so you know you can lower yeah. the window a little bit like that but I generally like the Overall idea of it. So, okay. Uh, what about you? Any questions that you want to hit up here?
1: Well, I guess I'm curious as to why the person who submitted Are Fighting Games Dying submitted that question. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I mean that... My, my response is definitely they are not. I mean, I. But I... I'm also just wondering why they said that.
0: I I, tr- I trimmed a lot of the questions. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> it's warm all of a sudden, and so all the flowers are going nuts, and that is Jeez, destroying you're
1: me. You're trying to get it close to me. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been really sneezing, over there. I've
0: been sneezing on you all day. I'm surprised you I haven't noticed. I know you noticed. have. I haven't, I'm haven't. surprised you haven't noticed. Um, but... I have noticed. Oh, okay. I'm trying
1: to be polite because I'm in your house, but yeah, you know, of course I've noticed.
0: I mean, all of the uh, uh, questions. You know, I trimmed some of them down. This one was exactly as stated to uh, in the question. Are fighting games dying? There was nothing going with it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, that is definitely. I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom within the community. I think, but I don't think that's a reflection on if the games are dying or not.
1: I, I think. I absolutely uh, think this is the best. Crop each. I feel like each moment that you cut in time, that crop of fighting games that we've had has been better than whatever moment before. Yeah. like almost consistently.
0: Oh yeah! I, everyone always asks me, "What do you think is the golden? Was the golden age of fighting games?" And I'm always like, "Right, right
1: now!" Right now, for sure. <laughs> for right And I've now? been saying that for like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> but like each moment is still the crop. The, uh, it's the... like it's like reverse of the of uh, uh, office space. Reverse yeah. office space phenomena.
0: I mean, honestly, the fact that I have the problem of wanting to play eight amazing fighting games or 20 amazing fighting games right now, that wasn't even a thing a long time ago. You you basically had three games to play and then the Kusoge crowd, basically, and Mm -hmm. that was all you Mm -hmm. had. But the fact that, like, legitimately right now, I am hurting... Because I want to play so many different fighting games. I want to try KI again. I want to get into Skullgirls again. I want to keep playing Unist. I want to keep playing Soul Calibur. I, I, I yep. miss the fact that I haven't been playing Tekken. I'm playing Street Fighter Five. I want to play Guilty Gear. I want to play everything. Like that is great. We are in a time where if you are a fan of fighting games... Oh, Samurai Showdown, Grand Blue Fantasy, of course. I can't Mm -hmm. believe I forgot to mention them. But, like, if you are a fan of fighting games, there is a fighting game for you. Like, there is just no way that none of the fighting games right now appeals to you if you think that that's true you haven't played all of the fighting games that that's all basically i can say about that
1: so that sounds right to me mm-hmm. and as far as people who are in the chat are interpreting this as meaning you know this person may be worried about the future of fighting game community or the tournaments that you know we've come to rely on due to the whole covid-19 situation sure i mean that's it's true it's certainly something that we've been concerned about too we've talked about it on this show but I would say that as this whole set of problems has gone on, I've been mm, a little more... Uh, uh, I've, I've, it's ha- I'm happy to see how people are dealing with the community, you know? There's, maybe, there's more drama than usual, right? I mean, we're all cooped up. So <laughs> in, in a way, there's a lot of gnarly stuff that's going on. But we are playing in online tournaments a lot. We're watching a lot. We're playing games a lot, right? The number of concurrent players for the for games is definitely high. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we are continuing the scene for sure. Yeah. Um, So worries that I might have had initially that this was going to be like a big, just kind of end to things. I think that might have just been like the early sort of doom and gloom. But now that we are into this a little bit more, maybe a little bit more accustomed to things. Again, a lot of bad stuff going on, but we are. You know, people adapt, and I think we're doing that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm more uh, positive about the situation yeah. without I mean, being overly positive as, than I was at the beginning.
0: As someone in the chat mentioned, you know, I know some people don't like referring to it as the Dark Ages and stuff. But I tell the story all the time that in EVO 2008, I had considered retiring from fighting games after that year because I wasn't seeing any new faces at EVO. It was all the same games. It was the smallest Evo that I could remember. I mean, it might not even have been, numbers-wise, the smallest Evo, but maybe one of the smallest growth percentages or something. It just felt dead. Like, Mm -hmm. it felt dead. One that no new young people were showing up, and a lot of the old people just stopped coming and were making games or doing something else now. It was... That was probably one of the, you know, most yes, fighting games are dying kind of period uh, that all changed with Street Fighter four. So, yeah, Fighting Jam was a pretty dark age.
1: <laughs> I played that in the arcade for a while.
0: Oh, boy. I remember Jason Cole talking about how much he liked that game.
1: I remember that. I actually thought it was fun, yeah. I played Newell Zangief and Dictator somebody. I, I could
0: never take that game seriously. I I just couldn't. Like nothing in my brain let me take that game seriously.
1: Little Newell, what a fun character!
0: <laughs> with those little uh, squids
1: that died
0: with the little halos. Hilarious.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else to say for five five? Uh,
0: no, I think that's about it.
1: Okie doke. Well. There is some game news to discuss. The only last thing I
0: want to say is there are some really important questions in there. Like, for example, how do you ignore rank? You know, I do feel like that was one of those topics that maybe deserves to be talked about. If you'd like to resubmit the question and see if it gets some votes, or maybe I'll save it for uh, an article in the future, so that way I will have something to write about. (laughs) That would be excellent.
1: (laughs) There you go. Okay. But you're you're, you're right, though. That is something... I feel like we have discussed that, but definitely worth discussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Of course, of course.
1: Okay. So, as far as game news goes, Mike actually brought up one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is that them fighting herds is Mm -hmm. officially out. Yep. It's been playable via early access, but now the official 1.0 is available.
0: Yeah, uh, I have some videos that are uploaded. I haven't publicized them yet, but it's me going through some of the characters and uh, testing out what they do and seeing how they play. And trust me, the stuff that I discovered didn't even come close to covering. Like I was messing with uh, Arizona, uh, the cow, and then I watched a match with someone playing Arizona, and I was like, This character is busted. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Dude, the the amount of dirt and grime in that game is pretty high. And uh, I think that's really cool. I think that's super cool. Uh, They have done so many creative things. I mean, the zoner, uh, uh, what's her name? Violet, I think it is, has like these little snowflakes that she throws across the screen. And, like, she can generate it from the opposite side of the screen, and they arc over, and if they hit you out of the air, it's like a knockdown. You get free juggle off of that. Like, how do you even let this happen? But, like, every character yeah. in that game is actually pretty broken, and it's it's pretty... Good. Velvet. Velvet, not Violet. Sorry, my bad. Velvet.
1: Uh, I like that kind of game where there's... You know, you can feel... You feel like a powerful player, right? That's yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, it's... it's uh The game is... There's only six characters, but like I said, they all have, like you go into the move list and you're like, huh, there's really not much each of these characters can do. And then you start, watch, I watched some footage of some high level tournaments and like, yeah. that game is
1: nuts, dude.
0: It's nuts. Yeah. The, the, the amount of stuff that you can actually do in this game well, is Well, I, I had
1: it on early access and I tried it once, but that was at this point quite a while ago. Mm. So I re-downloaded it today and I haven't yet played it again, but I'm definitely intending to do that this week. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool. Okay, so shout yeah, out to them. Uh, like you said, there's the new story mode in there. The, it's the official 1.0 release, so it's technically the full game. They delayed it a little bit because they wanted to make sure it came out right. And judging by what Mike Z said earlier, the fact that he was so impressed with the stuff that they managed to pull off with his own fighting game engine, you right. know, uh, speaks volumes about what they were able to do in that game. So there you go. So
1: speaking of story... In Mortal Kombat 11, there was an announcement of an announcement. Yeah. And this is going to be, I assume, story update. And uh, there's going to be more news about it at 6 AM tomorrow, 6 AM our time, Pacific time, tomorrow, which is the 6th. I'm not really sure what this is, but I like it uh, just because it implies to me that we're going to get to play Mortal Kombat for longer. <laughs> right? Like, like the, the big takeaway for me is, cool, this means that it's not going to be like Injustice 3 right away. Right. There's going to be at least a period of time here where we get to play Mortal Kombat 11. I, you know, as I've been saying, I hope that right. we get to keep playing it for years. And the rumor is that we will be able to. And Ed Boon has said things that maybe make me think more strongly of that. But yeah, I think this is a good a good indication that they're not planning to put out, you know, the next other fighting game soon that they're actually planning to support this game moving forward.
0: I mean if they are hint teasing at a second story arc,
1: I mean I think that's what it is. For
0: MK eleven that's no small thing. And so you can't imagine that they would just do that for the sake of just putting a second story out there. So obviously at the at the final combat or uh, the, you know the finals, Uh, for the tour, there was no announcement for a second season pass and stuff. You know, maybe this is the indication for that, that not only are they doing a second season pass, but they're going to continue the story. And like I said, there's no way a company like NetherRealm Studios, Warner Brothers, would put this much time and effort into continuing the story arc without also adding more characters and DLC and stuff like that. So yeah, I I 100% believe that this portends to more stuff, and, you know, honestly, I hope that they do also, you know, obviously I don't want massive tweaks, but, like, you know, throw in a new mechanic here or just change things up a little, I think would be kind of cool.
1: Nothing massive. Well, nothing massive. I, I, I agree with you. With Spawn, they've implied some additional stuff. Right. Spawn has the ability to beat a breakaway. He just has a special move that just breaks the armor of the breakaway, mm-hmm. and... That means that he's the only one who has that right now. You know, come on. I feel like that's <laughs> going to become like a thing. I don't right. know. I'm just spitballing, but that's my take on, on what that means. So yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm expecting that there's going to be more stuff. In this little trailer, Raiden hears some people walk in as Liu Kang's like, playing with the time warp or whatever. And Raiden identifies the character speaking as Shang Tsung. And there are three characters who are walking in from wherever, from some portal. Mm-hmm. So what I think is that these are the three DLC characters that have come out. What I think is that this is Shang Tsung and Nightwolf and Sindel. Those are the three MK character DLC characters who have come
0: out. Because they weren't in the story mode before, right?
1: Because they weren't in the story mode before. So I, I, I really, that's that's my expectation of this. And I kind of even think that, like, it looks like Nightwolf to me with his little, like, arrows and stuff from the back. But other people think that that looks like a sword. And people are like, no, it's actually Fujin, who people have wanted for, I don't know how many games now. Uh, And other people are coming up with, uh, you know, even more inane theories. (laughs) I don't know. We'll find out in how long. Not even 12 hours.
0: So there's, there's two ways that, there's like three ways to look at this, right? I mean, Boone likes to troll people and they like to do the reveal-y kind, like the hidden kind of thing, so why would they silhouette them so you can't see them unless they are the new characters? Because if they were the old characters, why wouldn't they just show the old characters, right? Because we're having the conversation. Right. And so that's the other way to look at it, is that uh-huh. that makes us talk about it. But if that makes us talk about it, and it turns out to be the old characters, doesn't that make people mad? Aren't they worried about that aspect?
1: Or... I want to know, even as somebody whose primary motivation for playing fighting games is not story mode, I want to know, like, what does Nightwolf think about all this? <laughs> like, what, is, <laughs> like, what does Sindel think about all this stuff? Like... What's Shang Tsung gonna do? Is he about to he about to conquer God Liu Kang? Whatever Lu Kang like melded with Raiden or whatever. I wanna know about it. So yeah, I th- I think it's cool. If if that is what it is. But look, if it's other characters too, sick. Right. That sounds great. Uh you know, I know that there's some people have said that they think it's Shiva. Uh I think that's probably not right. But At the same time, Shiva is in the story mode, and she's been a playable character in the past, so she's like contemplated in this game. And if there's going to be more DLC, she seems like a likely pick, as you know, as a result. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I maybe wouldn't be too insane to see that, or maybe there's going to be like, you know, a little bit more about whatever story trailer, Mm -hmm. and also like hidden info about other new characters that they're going to have as DLC. I I I think there's a lot of stuff that they could be doing here.
0: that's just the thing is like some people in the chat are saying like why would you silhouette them like I think that would be messed up and it just makes me think of the uh, Banjo-Kazooie announcement where they had the Banjo-Kazooie silhouette and it turned into the duck hunt (laughs) dog which was was amazing and then it was Banjo-Kazooie you know maybe they can pull something like that like it's the shadow and then it's just oh look it's Sindel and Nightwolf and then they walk to the side and uh, more people are behind them or something
1: like that you know (laughs) yeah like shiva's walking up there she's got a, she's a forearm character. yeah you know, exactly she, she's she, hiding she, she's walking up there with like two of the front arms are just like crossed in front of her <laughs> desk, like this, you can't tell at all <laughs> and she's like oh actually you know. yeah
0: i think that would be hilarious would oh be. man but yeah no anyway it's, it's exciting news it's exciting news that's good i mean uh nrs obviously has the history of just constantly pumping out new games every two years and it kind of hurts the scene a little bit. And uh, this one feels like that they're definitely going to put in more time. Obviously, we're only in one year in, but you know, it seems—I don't know—something feels different about it.
1: You know? Well, look. Previously, it's been a year, and then the next game's announced.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's happened a couple of times. That didn't happen with MK11, but that has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that—that that was a bummer, honestly, mm-hmm. because it meant that people happen, That happened each time: MKX and Justice and Justice Two uh maybe not Justice 2. anyway it did happen a few times immediately people are like well you know enough of enough of this game yeah even if there's a lot left to explore which there definitely was uh-huh. in all of those cases I you mean, know, enough of this game whatever i'll be back you, for injustice you
0: all 2. remember <laughs> what happened when street fighter 5 was announced right everyone's like man when street fighter 5 comes out and all of this bullshit is gone from the game now you'll see how i you know that was That happens when you announce the new game. People are just like, well, now I don't have to deal with this anymore, and now you'll see, you know.
1: Uh, Anyway, it can't be Melina, because the rule is that if bugs eat your face, you're dead permanently, and you can't come back to life.
0: Sorry. I mean, but there's a second Scorpion, so there could be a second Melina, right?
1: So, theoretically. I don't understand. That sounds impossible to me. Okay, (laughs) okay. Uh, and then other game news, very minimally. SF5 was supposed to have server maintenance, but it was postponed due to COVID-19. Okay, okay, okay. No big deal.
0: Well, I forgot to change us to the fighting game news. Sorry about that.
1: Oh, geez. Well, just moving on, I guess, to FGC news, community okay. news now. And there's also not a lot on this one. But shout-outs to Plant- Gulp yeah. And the global for picking up a bunch of players. Yeah. So they are now sponsoring slash are sponsoring, again, Punk, Kizzy K, and IBDW. Uh, so they got players from, you know, Punk more the Street Fighter side, Kizzy more the anime side, IBDW Smash. Uh, they've been trying to spread themselves out, and that's something that they've done in the past too. So I, th- I think that's cool.
0: I, I think it's awesome. I mean... Punk wasn't going to stay unsponsored for very long, right? So, sure. and uh, getting picked up there, I think, is a, is a great move, just like Sonic Fox and the Kill Stage getting picked up by Panda, uh, by, by EG, sorry, EG, not PG, yeah. EG. But uh-huh. Kizzy is, you know, one of those players that uh, obviously, you know, it's easier for us to be biased as he's SoCal, but I mean, outside of even that, he's just been one of the best players in like everything he touches. He's such a talented Definitely. person. He definitely deserves this kind of uh you know, support. He was even amazing at like Final Fantasy Dissidia NT when that you know, during the launch tournaments and stuff like that. But he yep. was got second in the grand blue launch event, Samurai Showdown he was really good at, Guilty Gear he just won a Frosty Faustings, you know, it's like
1: this guy He's is
0: an amazing player. An amazing player. He is a smarty. Yeah.
1: So those are good pickups. They also hired a bunch of folks on the staff and which is Good as well how many coney juggle rob jackie peanuts clash chia uh every damn day twitter account my name is bn twitter account uh koi fgc kong um i don't know all those players or those folks but anyway they are hired on the staff side so this is like a huge expansion for PG, yeah you know it's not just about players they got a bunch of other people as well so uh i wanted to talk about this here i'll just ask in the chat from a business standpoint, is it a great move to be sponsoring players during a global quarantine? It's interesting to see that they're picking up this many people. Again, not just players. At this time, at this moment in time, because at this time, there's a whole bunch of worry in eSports about you know not just the future, but like the short-term future of some of the leagues, some of the teams whether players' salaries can, can remain as they have been, you know, whether advertising is going to dry up, if right. there ends up being a big recession or even depression out of this. whole bunch of stuff up in the air. And for Panda Global to use this time to pick up a bunch of new people, uh, unexpected, I don't know. What What do you think? I mean, look,
0: they don't have to pay for their travel.
1: <laughs> they
0: don't have to okay, pay for a hotel. Yeah. They don't have to pay for a lot of things. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, uh, humorous answer to that, but uh, honestly, the Panda Global guys have been one of the only teams out there that has been able to do the sponsor stuff and still really be able to, to, like... Like, you know, just talking to them, listening to the way they talk about their investments and all this stuff, they definitely have a lot more knowledge in terms of how to make money off of players and not just have it be a a money pit kind of thing. They're building a brand and all this stuff. And so uh, I trust the guys at Panda Global to, you know, that if they're making this decision, it's not a foolhardy decision. Like sometimes we see from these teams that sign all these players and you're like, well, you know, like, is this just gonna disappear yeah. all of a sudden? Uh, Panda Global's been around for a long enough time that I feel like, you know, that uh, this might act like I, I trust their budgeting and their and their plan. Uh, it may not work out for them, but uh, I, like I said, they don't have to pay for travel and stuff like that right now. So there you go. That
1: really is a good point. And I hadn't thought about it that. Uh, I also don't know what the salaries are. I mean, I didn't look Uh, at most of these contracts. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Good old memory. It's coming back. Um, Anyway. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the lack of travel. So uh, I I agree with you that when I think of PG, I don't associate it with the problems that some other teams have had. Some teams, I'll be honest, they are kids playing around with their parents' money. Yep. Or they are completely unrealistic views of the explosion of esports and wanting to spend a bunch of money right now, and then also not really expecting for it to take that long for there to be, you know, recoupment on those
2: costs. Right.
1: It's just completely, you know, that's not, it's not going to happen like that. So I don't think that PG is like that. I mean, the guys who run it are smart fellows. They've been in games for a long time. They've been in the scene for a long time, even before they started the team, you know, so these are definitely people who I wouldn't think are doing stupid stuff. Right. I don't know what their plans are, but, yeah, I I think that it's an interesting time to pick players up. And, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll see if other people do it. Mostly the trend has been the opposite. So it's nice to see that this is happening, too.
0: It sounds like you're kind of coming from the same viewpoint that I'm coming from. It's like, it's strange. We'll see how it goes. But it's very, given their history, it's very easy to trust what they're doing right now. So.
1: Sure. That sounds right to me. And sure. then, uh, hey, congratulations to Trashbox, who got one million points in Street Fighter 5 on CFN. One million points. Gee. First player to cross that threshold, one million points. Gee. My number of points, which is, I've been hovering around Master, is like a rounding error for that. Like, that's
0: Remarkable. Dude, like... I... I, I'm trying to get up there in ranks and it's just like every time you lose, you lose so much more than you gain because he's only going to be playing people who are significantly lower ranked than him and somehow he managed to get a million points. I don't know how he did it, but the cool thing about it is, though, when he got the a million points, the game gave him a whole nothing. (laughs) I know, there's no extra thing. There was nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, it's funny.
1: There wasn't an extra rank up there, it turns out. Yeah. yeah. For sure. No, I mean, congrats to him. He spent a ton of time on that game, that's for sure. I mean, he's a very strong player. Yeah, yeah, for Jeez. Sure. A million points. I've never played enough. I've never played a game that much. I'm sure. And I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm in, like, the upper percentiles when it comes to, like, how much time have you spent on any one individual video game? I feel like I'm, like, probably pretty high up there in terms of that percentile. Mm-hmm. But I have not approached, for sure, in any of the games that I've played, the amount of time that he's played us.
0: <laughs> well, you remember uh, the card that FAB had for training mode in Guilty Gear Exert. I forgot what the time was on that, but it was, like, hundreds of hours that he had in there just... Training mode on the, the arcade, mode. yeah. Um, but I mean, look, Trash Box, I uh, th- th- it's a recipe for being very strong, you know. You're gonna be one strong. of the best players for that for that reason, and you know, uh, as bad as he net- almost made Evo top eight, he almost made top eight a few times. He yeah. did make and, top eight, and, and you know, as much I'm as fine. you know, people clown on Street Fighter V's net code, rightfully so, the thing about it is he still has more experience in key moments and character matchups and situations than anybody else does, <laughs> you right. know, except for maybe problem X, you know? So, uh, he's got a lot of information out there and it's going to definitely help him a lot. Yeah. I, same thing, you know, all these players who played online, punk was an online player and then he showed yep. up and then beat Justin Wong and almost beat Tokido at that Northwest, uh, championships the first year. So, it's just the way it is, man. Like, you Again, fighting games are about repeatable situations. That's the one thing people have to remember about fighting games is that they're a program. There's no magic in it. If the same conditions happen, the same result happens. <laughs> like That's fighting games. And so every time you're put into a situation, it's the same situation you've seen before. And the more of those situations you experience so that you're never thrown off guard, the better you'll do. And that's what playing online helps you.
1: Yep. Common in many games nowadays. Mm -hmm. NRS Community has had, that's happened a bunch of times at this point. No longer novel. Well, that's all I got for Community News. Okay. That's it, dude. There's not a lot happening.
0: (laughs) That's fine, that's fine. I mean, I hope people have been appreciating the fact that we have been bringing on these guests a lot more now, and we thank the yeah, guests yeah, yeah. as well uh, for showing up and helping us with this yeah. and willing to talk for so long. Um, it's it's really fun, yeah, it's fun to do that, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've, I've had a good time on it.
0: And now that, you know, everything we're doing now is online, except for you coming over and driving over every week, clearly.
1: Yeah, I'm still here in person.
0: Um, That's right. By the way, uh, we hinted at this last week. We kind of just kind of like casually mentioned it. But, you know, uh, we're looking into trying to do beginner tournaments. Uh, Is that something you guys would like to for us to do? I could try doing like a quickie eight man bracket on Sunday or something like that just to see how it works you know, to see uh, how hard it would be. I'll try to do all the Smash GG and stuff like that. Uh, Beginner would probably be something like Ultra Gold and lower. You'd have to basically be under Platinum or maybe even under Ultra Gold, that you have to be Gold and lower because it's so easy to bounce between Platinum and Ultra Gold that, you know, having you from, you know, Solid Gold and below, I think would actually be kind of cool to have people compete against each other. And uh, give yeah, them... also,
1: don't be a jerk about it and get on the Smurf, because we'll just kick you out. I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, we'll be <laughs> a mean, like,
1: don't be jerks about it.
0: We'll be able to tell, and there's not going to hey. be any prizes. So, you know.
1: no. well, Don't Let's come. Don't play video games and help other people learn how to play video games, and maybe demystify entering the tournament as an experience. Right. Yeah, even if it's online, that can it can definitely help your preparation for when we're all.
0: Not only that, but yeah. if you play week after week you'll run into the same people again. And that kind of teaches you this idea of learning the storyline long-term as opposed to short-term. You know, a lot of times when I run into people online, I'll lose to them. And then the next time I run into them again, I can beat them probably because I have a little more experience with understanding the long-term story. You know, I'll remember the last time I fought them, how they played. That's a skill and a talent that I don't think a lot of people have. And that's something that uh, I'd be interested in cultivating uh, by having these kind of online tournaments. So.
1: yep. Yeah, let us know if there's interest. And if you're watching the YouTube video as well, give us a little comment about that if it's something that you would be interested in entering. OK. Alrighty. Uh, You been playing anything else? Just Doom? I've been grinding Killer Instinct. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about
1: Killer Instinct is that it's simultaneously Super fun, even at a low level, and even when I'm getting my butt kicked. And also, I feel like I'm climbing the endless stairs. Like, I'll, I feel like I'm not on the lowest rung of the staircase anymore, but also that I don't see mm-hmm. that I'm any closer to the top of the staircase. Okay. It's, I feel like I, there's so much to know. You, you know how in many games, when you learn something about one character, it's applicable in some way to other characters. Like, how do you deal with this character's situation when they're slightly advantaged? Right. Okay, you know, they're going to do like a trap or whatever. Or, this, you know, in this game, there tends to be, in this other game, there tends to be cross up mix ups or whatever. Maybe it's some other game. They like to set down a projectile as a median and they play a little mix up game around that. This game is, there's just, you don't learn anything about other characters by learning one character. Like, right. there's just so little that's applicable well- across the character. Which I love, and at the same time, it's going to take a long time to learn. But I feel like I'm, you know, I'm and, that, do it. and
0: that's and that's I'll the beautiful that. thing about that game, right? Because it's the neutral that makes everything different when you're fighting the different characters. But once you get hit, the combo breaker system is a little universal enough that that next layer of being able to maybe save yourself is kind of familiar. So you At the do. Same
1: time, different characters have pretty different combo traits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But even mid combo, there's a lot of stuff that's quite different. But
0: it's enough, I think, to be this awesome blend between hey, I don't know what the hell's going on, and this guy's neutral. Now that I'm getting hit, I still have this familiar aspect to save myself. And I think that's a good crutch to help people learn about a lot of the different characters.
1: It's a very, very approachable game at lower level, for sure. Yeah. But then, yeah, like I said, at, at lower mid, which is probably where about I am, uh, I'm beginning to, to, to look up and try to find where the ceiling is, and it's not even in my sight. Uh, yeah, I, so uh, as Hero says, uh, I, have, I got some games online against the uh, player Devil May Care, uh, who just happens to be, like, you know, one of the best TJ players in the world, I guess. <laughs> and so he was doing TJ stuff, and... I didn't know about, I, I, my conception of TJ was like, okay, I know there's a command grab, he has a fast dash punch, you know, I don't know, I think that was all that I really knew. And then he's doing these totally different looking combos, and long stretches of the combos are not even breakable yet, through some rule, Whoa. I don't know if I to go in training mode, I guess. But anyway, there's just a lot to know, and uh, I've been enjoying learning, but also I can tell there's a ton of stuff to learn, left to learn. Whoa.
0: I'm also trying to find the official announcement for this, people. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, ECT has been canceled.
1: Oh, is that new news?
0: Yeah, came out at 6 p.m., like maybe two hours ago. Uh, Oh, wow, that
1: that was in fall.
0: Yeah, the East Coast Throwdown team is officially canceling East Coast Throwdown 2020 in direct response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Fortunately, we did not begin any registration or collection or room block bookings, which should minimize any inconveniences to our attendees, partners, sponsors, and staff. As such, if you have booked any means of paid travel for East Coast throughout 2020, we do recommend reaching out to the respective service provider for a refund or credit. Uh, Understand the severity of this pandemic. This is both a discouraging yet easy decision for us to make. Uh, there's a bunch of information here, but then there's one section listed here as transparency time. Uh, to give the FTC some perspective, East Coast Throwdown as an organization is thankfully marginally affected by the circumstance. Our current home at the Hilton Stanford have been incredible, accommodating in this time of uncertainty, treating us as a true partner. We have been able to reschedule our contract for 2020 into 2021 with absolutely no penalty as many wow, of our fellow tournament organizers are not as fortunate it's imperative for us to clearly state that our uh, financial well-being is not at risk please do not consider any community based fundraising opportunities on our behalf as oh, that will inevitably so be needed for some of our peers that are beholden to their venue agreements what what that's awesome dude good good,
1: good yeah that's a good that's a good folks everybody who's involved at ECT yeah real good people um on the tournament and promotion side and back end of things they got a lot of good and
0: they and they did say that east coast throwdown 2021 will be officially on labor day weekend september 3rd through 5th on 2021 so they have like they said renegotiated the contract i see they got labor day weekend so there you go you know pending we find a vaccine of some sort and the curve actually goes down in September 2021. uh, That's when ECT will be back. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, Well, anything else to say? What do you got going on?
0: uh, Not much. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of people are hit by the COVID stuff, including gung ho. And uh, there hasn't been any patch updates, balance updates for Teppin. And so we're still kind of stuck in this crazy meta. But even still, the meta has shifted drastically. The team that got me to 200th place can, can almost barely not win anymore uh, hmm. because of how much the the game has changed since even then. And so it's really interesting just to see how... You know, the weird thing about fighting games is no matter where you are, you still have to consider every character. But in card games, like, if you're a deck that gets beat up by a particularly other deck that's just not as good, you won't run into that deck, (laughs) you know?
1: It's just... It's not in in the ranked format. Yeah,
0: you just don't run into it as much. So uh, it's unfortunate right now. I know a lot of people are frustrated because the current meta is a little bit you know I'll say it a little whack just because of the the whole memory thing which means people are playing action action cards everywhere so games take longer and stuff but I mean it's still intriguing to me that it's still changing and that even the deck that I did great with even at the very end of last season I could barely win a game with that deck anymore and so it's it's fascinating to watch honestly so oh
1: dang part of the Them's fighting herds. Delay was COVID-related. Oh dang.
0: Oh dang. Okay.
1: Okay. But, uh, the oh cool. Relatively, impacted relatively little since we have no physical. Yeah, yeah, you know that's that's the same for a couple of my clients who make video games. They uh, this doesn't actually change their like workflow at all, like, right. all uh, <laughs> Across the country, essentially already is yeah. kind of.
0: And that and that, that that's yeah, Oreo well. the Wolf, part of the staff of them's fighting herds. Uh, they came into my chat. And uh, when I was playing them's fighting Herds on stream recently and talking about a lot of stuff and, you know, giving me advice and everything like that. So that was super cool. So shout-outs to them again.
1: Yep, I'll be uh, firing that up that game this week. Cool, cool. Just I'll it. be
0: putting up all of my experiments on YouTube during the course of this week. I've got a few videos that I'm going to throw up there cool. pretty soon. So,
1: Okay. All righty. I guess that's it.
0: Yep, yeah, I'm going to bird them.
1: Burdum, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Burdum. Hope everybody's staying safe and feeling good. And taking all this business seriously.
0: Yep. And you know, please stay inside. I mean, we've seen all these protests and people trying to open up, and now we've had a spike in cases. What a surprise.
2: Indeed. You need it. <sighs> all right, everybody.